run. This box isn't just a London off, you know, it goes anywhere in the universe. Is it always this danger? I am a soldier! I am a mummy. Yeah, you've seen how dangerous it is. You wanna go home? You got chosen. You're a housemate. You're in the house? This isn't just a game, there's something else going on. My masters, they fear the doctor. Tell me, who are they? They were destroyed. Obviously, they survived. I'm dead or about to die any second with no chance of escape. Do you know what they call me in the ancient legends of the Dalek homeworld? The oncoming storm. So tell me, how did you survive the time war? They survived through me. This is the Emperor of the Daleks. Don't stay away! Before I go, I just want to tell you you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I. Hello, Alon Z, and welcome to the podcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's Who Do You Think You Are, our first finale for our Doctor Who retrospective. I'm Ethan. It must be the effect of time travel, because this came quickly. Oh, and my name's Ian. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's really strange, obviously, because there's like one season we've done (sighs) about, I want to say, a third of this series just... (sighs) just to do this one it's a weird feeling it feels like we're doing eccleston dirty and i know we're not yeah (laughs) because you know if we gave him the same uh you know amount as everybody else a the quality of the episodes would 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 reviewing would drop considerably Mm. and and it wouldn't be reflective of the journey of the show in general so if you're if you're a massive eccleston fan out there uh, don't blame us blame the beeb and and i mean justin bieber i mean the bbc and blame uh and blame ecky 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 himself because uh, they're the reasons why we're only doing four episodes on an e- on Mr. Eccles Cake himself. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if we do a se- series tour of this, like we'll probably go back and do some some other hits. We'll dip our toe in again, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. If we did a second go round, um, talk to me when we finally finish this marathon because it's something like yeah. what we say it was like 15 months, uh, sort sort of it's kind of what we're planning. Like that, yeah. yeah, and we're at episode four of 30, I think. Um, you know, but should we decide to kind of dip our toe back in the water? After that, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we, we'd have to do some Eccleston. Why not? Uh, there's there's a couple I wouldn't mind taking a look at. But th- that's the thing is that when you start dropping the bar and go, well, how about this? Other? Okay, then how do you justify not doing this one and this one from Tennant and this one and this one from yeah. Capaldi and so on and so forth? But no, it's um, it's an interesting, obviously, because like we're going to get into uh, the, the two-parter of Bad Wolf and the parting of the ways, which... Interesting thing I found out, they didn't know they'd get a, get a renewed series for this. So this was All like, right. this This could have been the end. And I'll get, I guess I'll get into this a bit more when we get to uh, the final couple minutes of Parting of the Ways. At but, what, hang on, at what point did, yeah. they, did that know when they were writing? Did that know when they were filming? Uh, when they were filming. What? Yeah, yeah. There's this... a little interview with David Tennant that's a bit interesting. Oh, there might be some creative yeah. license going on here. Possibly. Because you but, know, we'll talk about, we'll about Eccleston's contract, because that's yeah. an interesting topic as well. Uh, yeah. this, this doesn't mean one of us is going to be rejected. If, if we were really committed to the format, one of us would have to leave. One of us episode. turns into Liam, yeah. Yeah, one of us has to turn into Liam. And I don't know. If, if Am I Rose? Am I J- I don't know how this works here. So, yeah, uh, that'll be kind of a bit. Because let's face it, you're more... 
I don't know. You're probably more tenant and more John Barrowman than I am, actually. I don't mean that in like the negative ways. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sitting here going, you know, who's the rough and tumble one? Is it my accent? I've got the weird accent. Well, we've both got the weird accent. Yeah. But, but we're not that committed to the bit. We're going to go ahead and keep going. Plus, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you really want Liam or George or Ellie talking Doctor Who because I think they just sit there and go, I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not. They're just not who fans, really. Georgia maybe a bit, I think. But Georgia I, was in the the Smith era, I think. Yeah, but I think it waned with the quality when it was fashionable. I think it, yeah. it was. It was that perfect time. We talked about this all the way back in episode yeah. one. When who was at its who was at its coolest, and yeah. uh, I, I, I was then. Um, but. Yeah, and I, we know he, Doctor Who's not for, for all people, which is why we release this on a Saturday. That's why we release Sonic mm. Saturday, why we release this. Uh, the, the numbers have been good, though. So if you're out there, I said thanks for listening because this has been comparable with our like Friday bonus releases. It's, it, it, it more mm. than holds its own. And I wasn't sure because some of the Marvel ones have dro- are below that level. Loki wasn't, but uh, like Falcon and, and, and the Weekly Soldier and WandaVision um wonder revision <laughs> some good branding uh those were um those, those were a bit of a step below so if you're out there and you're listening to this hey thanks a lot thanks a lot i, I know we, we can't really engage with with commentary because we were sort of banking these in advance so as we record this episode two's only just dropped on dalek and the numbers are very good the numbers are very very good so i'm really quite happy to wake up and see that and go oh nice so to those people who listen to dalek uh, a month later thank you very much yeah <laughs> Yeah, a month from now, we are thankful, even though we're thankful today. Time travel. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to jump into this uh, meaty two-parter with a little bit of time travel because we're going to get a previously on uh, of Doctor Who with an episode that we ripped on uh, on during Dalek, which was uh, the long game, uh, the following episode, which is set on, on Satellite 5 with a creature called the Jagrafest oh. that controls the news media that everyone consumes and the doctor stopped it so now we're a hundred years later and the doctors appeared in big brother i'll be honest like you are much more tightly aware of where the timeline is here i turned this on saw this and went because it was all from one episode and i was going okay wait is this the second part of a two-parter i'm watching why am i getting this whole recap (laughs) and then i went back to the previous episode i'm like no this is in cardiff What's going, why am I missing the first part of this two-parter? And then I went all the way back to like episode four or six or whatever it was and went, oh, right, 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 Because it's been, this is really my second time through these episodes in any sort mm. of meaning. And I kind of had to remind myself of what it was uh, just a little bit more. I will say, I'm kind of sad we missed the Simon Pegg episode, actually. I'm, I'm much more, my awareness of Simon Pegg, who he is, what he does, is much higher now than it was back then. So yeah, I, I, that's, that's quite a get for them, I must say. It's quite a get for them in in whatever. Well, actually, it's 2005. Is it that huge of a get? I'm trying to remember when Sean of the Would Dead been, hits. Sean of the Dead was 2004. I think around here, he was also doing like space. And yeah, all that. So, so he was, he was kind of British mainstream. He's big, but he's not Hollywood big yet. Yeah. So it's, it's a decent size get though. It's someone where you know who he yeah. is for sure. So mm. um, yeah. So I'm just trying to say this confused the crap out of me, and I had to do some <laughs> individual time travel to figure out where I was. It's really interesting because I think that a couple of the episodes that we've kind of like crapped on recently um, ended up being really important for this two-parter. Uh. There's the Father's Day one, the uh, the, the previous f- episode with the Slovene. The yeah. Father's Day one. If we do a series two, I think that has to be on the list. Yeah, I definitely. Think it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So we're in we're in Big Brother, and this is very very two thousand five <laughs> thing. To, this this whole first episode oh, is so two thousand and five. I, I was making some brief notes, and then I just decided just to just go ahead and just watch it. But the, when I was the, like the single note I made about my viewing experience was this is like two thousand and five threw up all over this episode. Yeah, the music, the fashion. <laughs> everything oh it was it both made me sick and nostalgic simultaneously because i'm a 90s kid so this is when i'm starting this is when like things are less being pitched at me at 2005 i'm 26 um and although advertisers aren't looking to jettison me just yet I'm not the one they're most trying to target. It's when you realize, Nathan, this will happen to you one day, I promise. It's oh, when I'm you, terrified. It's when you realize that advertisers and whatnot are now looking beyond you. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I am still relevant. I am only 26 years old. And it's like, <laughs> not really. And you try and sort of adapt to it. Like, no, this doesn't feel right. Because nah. we become creatures of our own. The things that we created in our formative teenage years, we cling to them. That's why Liam and I are probably still just giant Oasis fans who pine for the 90s. <laughs> and the fashions of the 90s and you know when we think of beautiful women from 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 our from our youth you know that they we did before sunrise and we're like oh julie delpy is beautiful because she's wearing these 90s fashions and it just makes us feel like we are teenagers again and you know you get to this point and all of a sudden a new generation's being catered for and then you get to my age now and you're like you're, you're so used to the idea of it everybody just forgets you that you're like i'm not even gonna try and keep up with music i'm not gonna try and keep up with language it just is what it is yeah but no, i was weird seeing this because i'm like cool i'm five again and this is strange <laughs> don't, so, yeah. don't say that <laughs> wow yeah that that must have hurt <laughs> yeah a, a little bit a little bit Although, i mean if you're five i mean how much nostalgic can you have for this time frame yourself i mean you're barely you're barely you know aware it's it's the difference is you yeah. have differences you have access to, to to like media and breadcrumbs and things like that yeah so you can go back like like when i was five six you know we're doing like uh like live aid happened when i was like six so like <laughs> i have these hazy memories and until like you know and we had to wait x number of years for youtube to come out mm. You know what I mean? So the idea that you would ever access this stuff again, plus, you know, recording quality being what it was, it looks different. It looks like for the most part, you look at media from 2005, it holds up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Like it might be the last days of standard definition and shooting things in four by three. But for the most part, you know, the it, you don't have to look through like a through like a filter to kind of go, what, what are they doing? It looks fuzzy. I can see tracking, you know, any of that stuff. So this is just turned into old man remembers. Sorry about this. <laughs> so remembering some more. Uh, yeah. So we're back, uh, back to big brother and the doctor just magically appeared. He's got a little bit of amnesia. I'm sorry. I'm going to take uh, this off on a ramp again. Yeah. Yeah, big brother. Any, any, any familiarity in the format? Uh, oh yeah. I, I, Big Brother was that thing, like, when I was growing up, everyone talked about it. Like, it was in the zeitgeist for, like, three years, and then no one cared anymore. So it was sort of this. It's still going on in the States, I believe. Like, it's still a big deal. Yeah. There was... I know there was, there's one in Australia which was I watched because there was, like, a psychopath who just was able to pit everyone against each other. I, for context, Big Brother is, like, a, a show, if no one knows, where a load of random people go into a house for, like, nine weeks or something and they slowly get evicted off to who is the the coolest person and every single second of their day is monitored by big brother on the cameras and you see every single thing they do and they have little uh tasks to do and they get into arguments and they fight and they bicker and they hate each other and 
it's uh, absolute trash but you know and when you say um you know people it's not like a, yeah. a wide range of people it's at least not in north america it's just beautiful 20 yeah. somethings where i'm from yeah and beautiful UK, or eccentric 20 like, somethings yeah. in the uk it was like dave down the pub who thinks that dogs are aliens and like some weirdly attractive 20 year old woman well this is the difference between the american and the british version of it and the british version yeah. does the audience vote people off i believe so yeah whereas in north america it's the contestants who vote each other off yeah so there's a bit more strategy so it's so i think it's a little bit more cutthroat and it's more fun to watch as opposed to i think the british version would just be a lot of pandering because yeah. which actually takes us back to like her first question to a doctor when they get a loan so maybe it's a good time for me to throw yeah. back to you so uh the uh the woman uh appears to him and he can't remember anything but he's been chosen to be a housemate and the doctor's asked to come to the diary room and he's live on channel 44,000. Oh, I, I love the diary room because it really was just like the big brother house. And they had to ask permission from Endemol, the production company, oh, really? to basically use, because they're basically nicking everything yeah. here. Uh, they say, yeah, but you actually say big brother. So yeah. Um, yeah. But like right down to the designs, to the way it's laid out, like this is the big brother house. It was kind of a fever dream thing because I always forget that this happens. Hang on. And when I'm like, can the doctor come to the to the diary room? I'm like, this this isn't real. This we, isn't happening. We still have some version of Big Brother in this country yeah. because when I was on the chase, basically they wouldn't let us leave because they did say there is a door, but if we leave you alone, you could walk into the Big Brother house if we left you. <laughs> if we left you, you know, you know, we have to have a key, but you know, if we left you whatever somewhere in this production studio, it's just a regular building, is the Big Brother just, house. Just a, a cut scene of Big Brother where you say, Ooh, So I wouldn't be like me. the doctor just kind of coming in, going like, you know, hey. <laughs> uh, and they'd be, freak, they'd be freaking out, much like the gentleman in uh, in this episode does. Yeah, so we get our titles, and it's Bad Wolf by Russell T. Davies, uh, the, the, finale, the first part of the finale. And we go straight to Rose, who's in a dark studio room. And uh, we find out she's been transmitted, and it gives a little bit of amnesia. But uh, the man who finds it says, oh, you just you need to do what the android says because its word is law. And it's the android, and she's on the weakest link. Do you know who voices this? Uh, I see. I I've seen conflicting things that they asked and um, they asked Anne Robinson to do it, but they didn't think they'd she'd say yes. They just got an impersonator. That is true. And then yeah. then she said yes. So oh. they actually hired a, a, a celebrity sound alike <laughs> and she was up for it. So they had to go. Oh, OK. Fantastic. And so it's actually so I appreciate Anne Robinson being somewhat self-aware enough to kind yeah. of let herself be actually quite lightly parodied. They don't really make too much fun of her. But just the idea that she's a cold, uncaring robot. It's a bit yeah. of a fun joke. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, we find out that Rose has been chosen because it says Rose on her podium, and uh, it comes online, welcomes everyone to the weakest link, and then we go to our third plot, which is um, we've got two droids talking about how hot Captain Jack is, and that's where he is, and he doesn't entirely remember, but they're going to give him a brand new image. And they ask where he gets his uh, brand new from. image is a re depending on what they end up coming up with. Yeah, I don't know what image. Really weak. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, oh, where you where do you get jeans from? He's like, oh, I got it from the top shop. Uh, and they refer to him as just an Oklahoma farm boy, and he gets defabricated, which and we, he's naked on TV. I mean, we do have to note that, that, that to anybody from from outside, Top Shop is a brand on the yeah. on the high street. It is a it is a shop you could go into and buy clothing from. It's relatively popular right now. Uh, you sort of walked out. It's sort of it's not. It's like a decent. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to explain the, the quality of it. It's like it's like a hot topic for Americans. Oh no, it's better than hot topic. Don't even 
hot to- <laughs> no 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 hot topics like a spencer gifts don't don't do that oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah hot topics not that uh this is i'm trying to think it's probably comparable to like as far as like how much money you might have to go shop there yeah it's probably comparable to the gap yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the Gap or Forever Twenty One, yeah, something like that. Like, like pretty it's that well kind of money. Priced, yeah. Not, yeah, it's 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 kind of a premium sort of brand yeah. to go at. And then when it gets defabricated, interesting story here. The BBC production team wanted to show, and they did film, from what I understand, uh, Jack's naked backside. I see. I thought I remembered seeing his butt. No, I don't know if you do because apparently this is the only time the BBC uh, editorial team overruled the production team during that whole first series. Yeah, that's definitely some weird Mandela thing because I yeah that might have just been my brain. It, it's probably, but no, yeah, it's probably, I remember that. It's probably just like when people think they saw Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box in seven. <laughs> which, if you want to know more about, check out the archives at BFE. We talk all about how people swear they've seen the head in the box, but it's not really there. <laughs> and uh, you know, Jack's naked, so he says the viewing figures just went up. And then we're back to Big Brother, and for the next like thirty minutes, this is our story of three different game shows. Uh, reality shows back and forth trying to figure it's a weird mystery just with like a 2005 overlay to be fair i don't know if jacks you can qualify as a game show even though reality that's, show? that's, I don't that's know, not yeah. on you that's on the, that's on the the, the, yeah. the writing it's definitely indicative of early 2000s reality tv what not to wear 10 years i think younger. that's exactly what it was supposed to be oh, absolutely yeah. just just the yeah. idea of is, is it a game show unless it was like the swan where we're being told he has to compete against someone else who's having a makeover as well and a final vote off yeah but that wasn't well established that being said it's a minor gripe yeah so uh, now on Big Brother, we find out that the girl uh, that found the doctor is called Linda, and she wants to know if people like her, and the doctor has no idea what's going on. She was like, yeah, you're, you're sweet. Everyone thinks you're sweet. And as he's doing this, he's trying to uh, unlock the doors, and it's been deadlocked that not even the Sonic uh, can can do that, which is I, – I don't understand the Sonic in any of these episodes. This – I was doing some research, and this yeah. idea that there are things the Sonic screwdriver can't get through because of whatever term they use about how it's yeah. been sealed, that – has precedent in the original Doctor Who series before the reboot. So it was something that had been brought up. And so it does make sense within the universe, although this was a situation of, I mean, what can the sonic screwdriver do and not do? I just watched the Peter Capaldi one where it triggers like fish underneath the ice to come (laughs) like, like basically it's what do we need it to do in this episode? Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes sometimes the answer is be sunglasses, but you know, I can deal with this. And uh, the doctor's saying that, oh, is there a garden outside? We find out no one's got a garden anymore. And this is when the doctor begins to remember. Uh, They went to Japan, Kyoto in 1336. They're having a good time after coming back from Bracticola Cafaripatorius. Say that three times. Yeah, good luck with that. And uh, a light came through the walls of the TARDIS, and then he woke up here. And we find out that that's how the the housemates get uh, picked up. Uh, it's through a uh, transmit a transmat beam that just gets anyone. But the Doctor's not just a passing traveler, and it's not just a game. He thinks there's something else going on. And we get some weird sort of Big Brother s camera angles to uh, to showcase that people are watching what's going on. So then the Doctor talks directly to the camera and he says he's going to find his friends, and then he'll find you. In reference to uh, the 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 tech people behind the screen. Yes. Yes. Was that? Yeah, it's it, it sets the stakes, it sets of what's going on that like a weird dystopia where everyone's TV people. Yeah, I will say that for the first part of a two-part series finale where you're expecting sort of big stakes. 
this felt, I mean, it was fun. This felt more like mid season who yeah. filler episode than this is how we're going to start our two part finale. I think, yeah, I, I will say when we get to know this, I think this is definitely the, the weaker of a two part oh, yeah. because it, it's, it's, it's a lot of build up and meandering, I think to get to the meat and potatoes. Yeah. But you know, little mystery. Little so mystery. then we go back to Rose for some more mystery, and she's told to shut up and play the game. And uh, we got some questions going back and forth, and Rose just keeps laughing. And I believe this is our first mention of the Torchwood Institute, which yeah. wouldn't come back until series two, and then uh, for its own show, which I thought was a n- nice little uh, season of foreshadowing. I will I say think. that I I greatly enjoyed the performance of the guy who's sort of been Rose's at the start. He's kind of like an ally, and then you find yeah. out he's. Definitely not um, that moral or good. Yeah. Um, he is, uh, I forget what his name is uh, as an actor, but he plays uh, Alan Johnson on Johnston Johnson, one of them, on, oh. Pe- on Peep Show. Oh, yes. And he's great. About he's, yeah, he's great in Peep Show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as um, Mark Corrigan's, um, you know, platonic slash maybe not so platonic man crush. I was say definitely his man crush, yeah. Yeah. So um, Rose is just laughing through this because she doesn't think it's uh, it's real, it's so weird. And uh, this is when we get to see the, the behind-the-scenes TV tech people and they're starting to notice something strange is going on because Rose is laughing and she doesn't know what's happening. And there's some random guy in uh, Big Brother as well. So we go back to Jack and he's going to have a, a cosmetic surgery, get some cutting-edge time with a chainsaw. And then back to Rose. It's there this was is very so, weirdly fast paced. There were so many bad puns in the makeover yeah. sequence of this. Face off, you know, maybe something a bit more cutting edge, a bit more extreme. And <laughs> like even to the point where like she's making this this like threatening double entendre and um and he's not picking up on it, but we do, and then we have to go back and see the same sort of sequence play yeah. out again. I'm like, come on, Jack, you cannot be this bad at this. I think this this is sort of like what do we have Captain Jack do? They really struggled hmm. to fill time with Captain Jack sequence. Yeah, and I appreciate the fact they kept coming back to him. I do, even though he is our third most concerned. They probably give him about that amount yeah. of time, but I, I I still think they were struggling for ideas on what to do, especially because the the what he's made out into. The, the, the makeover apparently jeans and a white t-shirt was 220th century <laughs> but black trousers and a white vest is so much that's better that's where we go yeah oh my like this was 1950 you know, oh it was just I, I i know i'm sitting here picking on the actual fashion choices of the fake reality show from the year 40,100 or whatever it was but I was just going, you needed to find some other way to fill time besides what you did here. See, this is where my brain was giving the show too much credit because I, I completely forgot half the twists in this. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so maybe they've been all put in here for specific reasons. Rose, because Enrique's link, she doesn't think she's clever and it's torture. Jack in this because vanity. The doctor in this because he hates weird, annoying people. And then I was like, nah, that's, that's too clever. You know what? I hear you. I do think you're giving him way too much credit. Yeah. But, but, but the doctor, because actually the thing he's most afraid of is being alone. And in the end of the, yeah. the big brother house, kind of what you think might play to that insecurity of it or, or, or the need to be everybody's protector. It's a really interesting concept. And if this had been a standalone episode mid season, you could have gone down that road. It's a yeah, shame. It would have been like, uh, it was a, a great, big God complex. Yeah. I, 
We'll talk about it at the end. I know we will. But I, yeah. I, I just think that this was a great idea for a mid-season episode that they unfortunately shoehorned into the first part of a two-part finale. Yeah. Uh, so with that, we're going to go back to Rose because this is this is just it's going so quickly, and I've cut out like random scenes as yeah, well that have no no point. But yeah, uh, it's back to the android uh, chastising Rose because she chose a woman called Fitch, and uh, Fitch starts begging uh, to try again, and uh, she's crying, and uh, she then gets vaporized into atoms. Don't. Yeah, and Rose is all like, you know, it's just a game. It's just a game. At some yeah. point, I have to go, Rose, take a look around the room. Like, nobody else Read is, nobody else is, ta- like, forget your, your your familiarity with Weakest Link. Like, yeah. just go, I know it's something you know, and therefore you feel like you got, like, a, an understanding of how the rules are going to play out. But, you know, she, this isn't a woman who's afraid that she's getting kicked off of the show. This is, I know it's said uh, the audience, we can kind of go, well, what's the big deal? I understand. Yeah. And they're trying to lead us towards Rose's perspective. Yeah. Why are you crying? But I think we're all there way ahead. Yeah. 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 Especially because like, this is what everyone has to do. They're all in, conscripted into doing this. It's like something sinister is this way. Espe- come. Especially when not Alan Johnson said to us, you know, just do whatever the Android says, you know, yeah. we get this idea of like, there's like a militancy. That's our first warning. And then she just shrugs everything off way too easily. This is like, I get that she finds it funny because it's Ad Robinson as a robot. But even if I just appeared somewhere and there's a robot of Rob Beck, I'm going, something's fucked. I still I should joke around. I still want to win. Yeah. <laughs> if I beam and there's, you know, Robo Bradley Walsh uh, <laughs> asking me questions on the chase again, you know what? I, I, I'm I'm 100% trying to win. I'm not it's laughing. It's a literal chase now. There we go. <laughs> well, it would be in this episode. Uh, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not just laughing it off, but that's just because I'm competitive and must win. And hey, I'm going to put a, th- a little promo out there. If you want to see a bunch of people who just want to win, we got BFE Quiz Night 3, Quiz Night with a Vengeance coming up. I think it's up for release sometime in mid to late september so probably the time that this this actually airs it should be fairly yeah. new so go ahead and check that out up on the bfe feed and if you want to get uh, want to be a part of bfe quiz night four we can promise you no death rays we can promise you no transmat beams we can just promise a moderate amount of fun <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully some some challenging quiz questions on behalf of yours truly yeah. A moment of silence for those who did fall during our third quiz night, though they will be remembered. Yes. <laughs> and then back to Rose, because she's like, oh, this is sick. This is disgusting. And how, why don't you guys refuse to play? Oh. And right on cue, a guy refuses to play, and he gets disintegrated too. She says, so I'm don't leaving. Escape, it's play or die. She says, I'm leaving. It's like some guy forgot his line. was like, yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it's just at the perfect amount of time. I, I too will have my moral stand and goes to run. And he is, well, we're led to believe he dies. Yeah. I get, I think that even with what we know, he probably is dead, but it's really weird we never see what happens it seemed like it was a rule that was only used to explain one character that we care about and 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 everybody else just doesn't because we don't get any sort of closure on them whatsoever yeah yeah so we're told you know don't try and escape you play or die so we go back to the doctor and he's uh he's forced to sit on a sofa or all the housemates will suffer and the Davina droid is uh, is here and she's like the next person to be evicted is clausby and they say their goodbyes, and the Doctor's confused. We get the same 
thing with Rose again, and it will happen another time. And he's like, what do you mean? It's only a game. And Cosby gets vaporized as well. And the Doctor has the same reaction of, what's going on? How do you blah, blah, blah. You've been evicted from life. And uh, we go back to the techies, and they're like, oh, well, we need to figure out what's going on with these strange people. And this is where we get our, our second hint to something mysterious. And there are rumors going back decades that something was hidden uh, where they where they were. And they suggest that the controller might know, even though she hasn't been human for years. And it's a, a girl tied up by cables. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to say this was a big reveal if we watched um, the other episode, but I I, I can't even remember. Uh, the controller had a few other uh, ideas for what it would look like, and then yeah. I think uh, the end inspiration ended up being Minority Report. Oh, okay. Have you seen Minority Report? Yeah. Where it's these three sort of um, very androgynous, very... Uh, um, sort of post-apocalyptic looking um, uh, girls in sort of this tub and they, they sort of act as like oracles because yeah. they're chosen such a young age. It does seem like, once I read that, I went, this does seem to line up. And it, it is of that time. I think my early report would have been like somewhere between 2002, 2004. So it would have been right in the time. Something like that, yeah. It would have been right in the timeline to be inspirational for something like this. Um, it was all right. It was all right. I mean... Uh, I think everybody else, we kind of the idea that this wasn't really the big boss we were looking for, but it was something yeah. weird to see. Uh, lucky. Now, I mean, that joke earlier, I hear she hasn't been human for years. <laughs> I'm like, uh, like, this isn't like a big joke at this point. Like, you want to go like, no shit. <laughs> like, this isn't really a sly reference there. Random romantic interest executive number one. <laughs> And with, with that weird reveal, we, we go back to the Doctor who's like, cool, if I want to get out of here, I need to damage promise property like Linda with a Y did to get forcibly evicted. Isn't that Linda with an I? Isn't Linda with a Y the one who's with him? I have no idea. I think it's Linda or with Linda's a Y. I could yeah. be wrong. I could be wrong. Linda with a letter. Um, and he's like, cool, I need to damage the property to get forcibly evicted. And before we can see the fallout, back to Jack, because he's going to get his face off because they think he'd look good with a dog's head or no head. And we get the big build up to this joke the entire time, which is Jack hit a gun up his butt the entire time <laughs> and shoots the two murder bots. Give him props. It's the gun is rather shiny. <laughs> yeah, proud of them. That could have been a much different situation. Um, I, I can now confirm uh, the one who is evicted is Linda with an I. The one who sort of acts as a uh, as a Rose Tyler surrogate for the episode is Linda with a Y. I, I, I will say y. this: I really like Linda with a Y. So do I. I think she's good, and I. Th it was at this point, especially later in the episode, where I was like, "Oh, cool." I guess we're getting a new companion. I think it's a great misdirect because, you know, the first yeah. series is coming to an end and they're giving hints that a new companion might be coming on board, mm. which actually makes the idea of Billy Piper's character, Rose, being put in any danger. It actually gives that a little bit of an extra oomph because you're like, mm. wait, hold the phone. They're setting someone up here. They're setting Especially up a switch. With, with classic Who as well, whenever they get rid of a, of a, like, a companion They'd also introduced the replacement in that same yeah, episode. That's what I'm so saying. Like, if it's, yeah, if it's following that, then oh yeah, we, the, everyone's on the on the on the edge of their seat. So this is really kind of clever, I think, actually. Yeah, 
And then we go uh, we go back to the woman of the hour, Rose, and uh, another contestant's died, and we find out that uh, Johnson from Petro is actually called Roderick, and if he gets if he wins, he gets his credits from the courtesy of the Bad Wolf Corporation. And now we get a little flashback for everyone saying Bad Wolf this this series because it's happened a it's happened a lot. And this is when Rose realizes uh, realizes she's not here by mistake because it's been written all over the universe and spoken all over the universe. And then the doctor's evicted, and he's ready to find out what's going on. And uh, he he doesn't get uh, beamed. He doesn't get disintegrated because he knows that someone brought him to the game to, and they want him alive. And at this point, as he opens the door, he gets uh, Linda with a Y let's, and tells him to come with him. Let's unpack this for a minute. Yeah. If you're a Daleks, spoiler, <laughs> and you've brought the doctor on board and we've established that it's not actually a disintegration beam. It's a transmat beam. Why don't you transport him at this point? Well, because it wasn't the Daleks that brought him on board. They don't know that he's here. So who brought him here? Is this the controller doing it? Yeah, the contr- the controller did it. Ah, okay, yeah. I'm missing this part. So the controller's doing this as her cry for help to try yeah. and fair enough. All right. Yeah. It's it's very it's very loosely done because it has to be explained like fully by them. Uh, but, that's nothing. I mean, I'm I'm okay. That's yeah. part of the Doctor Who thing. Is you go yeah. what? And they explain it and you go, all right. <laughs> I just missed this one. Okay. And. Uh, the the doctor gets uh, Linda to come with him, and they escape. And this is when the doctor realizes he's on satellite five. Uh, I'm gonna say something, which is, as much as I don't remember anything to do with the the uh, game station episode, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, that this is supposed to sort of follow. I kind of would have preferred if they didn't have the the previously on before, and it, this is when we get the big reveal. Because it, it creates yeah, a bit no, no, more no. of a mystery. Yeah. You're, 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 you're 100% right. You really yeah. are. Um, if you have that, the door's like, oh, this is Satellite 5. Let, and let, then we can have some flashbacks. Let us stumble upon it when he stumbles upon it. Because yeah. then all the stuff about, I left it here. Earth isn't supposed to look like this. What's going on? And we go, yeah, he did. And then there's a reference to it. And yeah. then we get to see it. Like everything I liked it. We talked about episode one about the breadcrumbs and get paying yeah. things off little by little by little. Um, which I felt was actually uh, maybe a bit unnecessary in episode one. But I think here, I think it is. I think you're right. I think this is pretty. I don't think it was supposed to be a big impactful wallop for us, but it could have been. And that might be. So it's not as egregious as Dalek, where Dalek was supposed to be. Oh, my God. It's like, well, no, you called it Dalek. What's wrong with you? Um, You know, um, this would have been kind of more of a same on that note. I mean, just while we're on the topic of titles, uh, originally this wasn't called bad wolf. This was originally revealed in like all the, the TV guide pressure kits and all that is the parting of the ways part one. Yeah. And then with like a week to go, they renamed it bad wolf, which again, I'm just like, I guess it's near the end of the, of the series. So you're gonna go, okay, we're gonna get some answers about bad wolf. I can live with it, but no, I think this episode would have been stronger if you have this as the reveal and for, for us, make it an important reveal. And I think that would have been, cause we're always at our best. I think as an audience, when we are kept with a limited perspective where we yeah. are aligned to Rose or aligned to the doctor, and we only know what they only know. 
and um, putting us a step ahead of it weakens moments like this. And it, it, this could have been a much more impactful reveal. And then you can have a couple of like flashbacks and like whoosh, and you have like Simon Pegg whoosh, and you have what they yeah. did and whoosh, and and, and there we go. Uh, and you can have the same thing happen with Rose when she discovered. Oh no, she never actually fully discovers. But th- th- things things like that. I think that would have been effective. And right now it's. Uh, it was just kind of this could have been more again this feels like it was an episode for something else that got shoehorned into this but such as yeah which is the issue because this isn't the only the final time this happens in the episode with a big reveal and i'll we'll get to that when uh some gold boys appear but like they they really didn't want anyone to be surprised so we find out that uh this satellite five hasn't been called that for 100 years and it's now called the game station it's the year uh 200 100 and uh, the Sonic's giving off these weird readings of the scam because there's a hundred different games and Call My Bluff, Bluff with real guns, Countdown with bombs, Ground Force we get turned into compost, Wipeout which is self-explanatory and Stars in Their Eyes where uh, if you don't sing correctly you get blinded with stars and if you don't pay for a TV license you get executed. This is very campy Doctor Who kitschy stuff which I really did appreciate. I mean, it's a, it's a fun joke because so if yeah. you're from outside the UK, let's explain this for a minute. <clears throat> yeah. uh, especially if you're in Canada or the US, I don't know how the rest of the world might work, uh, but I know Canada and the US no such thing as a TV license. So what it means is that if you are watching um, regular television, I mean, you can plug into your wall at any point and get what's called Freeview, which is basically the same idea as if you had your TV antenna. It's the same concept, yeah. just just a better signal. So you have the right to access these channels relatively free of charge. I say relatively because just like a car, you must have a license to watch television in your house. And that comes around, I think, 140, 150 pounds. Uh, I will say this, though. You know, for 13 pounds a month, the quality of the programming you're getting is is exceptional. Like, I just yeah. watched the Olympics. You know, you watch the World Cup. Like, you know, the BBC does put high-quality stuff on there. Let alone BBC, you get, like, all your basic... If it was America, it'd be like ABC, CBS, NBC. Same idea here. You get your big mainstream channels. Uh, but you have to have a license. And so people will come around. And if you say, I don't, ha- I don't need a license because I don't watch TV, which I did for years. I said, I don't need one because I wasn't watching TV. Um, they will send people around with and say, we're going to come check just to make sure that you're not, you're not lying. Uh, and uh, you can get a little bit of trouble for that. It's like a thousand pound fine. Uh, but it's because they use the monies from this um, TV license to actually pay for the entire operating budget of the BBC, both television and radio. Mm. And so... Um, there is obviously so doctor who is funded by the very tv license it's kind of making fun of here so it's a yeah. nice inside circular reference yeah i appreciate it and we go from here in uh this is when linda uh wants to travel with the doctor see see everything and and he's up for it as well and we get this kind of weird shoehorned awkward relationship between the two of them like they're trying to make a love triangle and they'll get a little developed for like three seconds of the next episode. But uh, from here on, he wants to find out who's in control of the satellite. And then we get another reveal of the Bad Wolf Corporation and we go to the tech people and they're informing the controller that there's a problem. But she says to continue working and uh, no security. The games need to continue and that they need to ignore these three people because they're no one. And we find that there's a there's a room called Archive 6, but it's out of bounds. No one's allowed to enter it. And then Jack's still naked. He turns the ray gun into a blaster and he's ready to get out of here to find the doctor via his two hearts. And this we get the reveal that the earth is gray, dead, and there's an Atlantic smog storm. And there's 10,000 channels and everyone just watches TV now because it's so polluted outside. 
And the doctor realizes that he causes this. Yeah. So this is kind of like insert time travel movie here. You make a mistake. This is Marty McFly accidentally um, causing his parents not to meet. And now, you know, has to the ramifications of his actions. Yeah. Um, which, which is always, a, you know what? It, it's, it's a trope, but it's a trope I kind of enjoy seeing the, the butterfly effect of what you do. Mm. Okay. Especially for like what the doctor is trying to make up for recently with yeah. like where we've seen his character. And I, I, I really do. I, I, I like this twist. It's a twist. I wasn't expecting. And actually it's something we don't see enough in doctor who, where we see the ramifications yeah. of his actions. How does his, um, manipulation's not the right word, but how does his, uh, Meddling. Meddling, yeah. sure. What how does what is the, the result of his agency in in going throughout time and, and making shifts? Uh, if you want to call this, you know, a, a sort of sort of a branching timeline, something like that, throw back <laughs> to our Loki stuff, you know, this 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 variation uh, on the timeline. Uh, mm. what does that sort of suggest? Uh, we should definitely prune this one, I think. Yeah. So because of what the doctor's done, uh, all the news channels went down overnight and there was nothing to replace it. So they went into a hundred years of oh. hell and the doctor's like, I made this happen. I, I love this idea that yeah. if you leave something as a vacuum, something's got to fill this. Mm. So it's the idea you can topple an emperor. Jeez, you don't talk about real life issues. I mean, look at what's happening right now in Afghanistan. But, you yeah. know, you know, you can leave something. You can remove a dictator. You can do something. You can get rid of a drug kingpin, whatever it is. That's, I guess, wonderful in its own right. But what's next is the question that really should be asked. So you take a hundred, so you have a whole a whole passive community, and you take away their their access to news. Okay, they're gonna find something to occupy their yeah. time. And in this case, television. And what's the television gonna be? And rather than be news, it's gonna be mindless game shows where you're blinded to what's actually occurring. You know, sixty mm. something games of Big Brother. I mean, talk about a really confusing talk around the water cooler. See what happened on Big Brother last night? Which one are you on about? <laughs> I have a hard enough time figuring out who's who on the season I'm watching. I can't believe Samantha did this. Who's Samantha? I've got Johnny. Imagine if you had like multiple series with multiple you'd have to really make sure you had unique names. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we don't. We've got Linda with an I and Linda with a Y on this episode. <laughs> so then we go back to Rose and there's more disintegrations that uh the doctor's been found by Rose, uh, Jack, but they can't find Rose, and he's starting to lose his cool because he can't find Rose, and someone's manipulated his entire life, and for some reason, Rose is the center at it, and he finds them, and um, and because of where Rose is, Linda knows immediately what's about to happen, and yeah, one of the questions that Rose gets asked is also about uh, the face of Bo, which I thought was, was a nice callback. Uh, I appreciate that. It's it's also like, you know, you're going to be asked questions for the most part of your own time. I mean, I had a hard enough yeah. time on the chase just jumping across an ocean and then being asked <laughs> questions about British TV. When I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, what, what, what happens when you're, you know, if you jump forward to, you know, 40,000 years, something's going to be, things will be different. So I like the idea that she was able to find something that she's learned about in mm -hmm. this alternate timeline. And it reinforces the face of Bo, which is interesting. I'd be very curious at what point they decided who the face of, that they were going to make that link, you know, explicit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was initially the case. Uh, I think they, they sort of stumbled back into it. But yeah. I, I still appreciate it because I, I do like those sorts of um, seeds seeds and detail to your own inner universe building. I do appreciate yeah. that. And I always say the thing I like about this of the next 
minute or so of this is it you get a little bit of victory here and then from on this point onwards it's so tense because your countdown is the questions being asked between rose and roderick and who's getting them right who's getting them wrong as they try as the doctor um linda with a y and jack are trying to find the the correct studio that rose is in and it just keeps counting down oh, and down. It gets more tense. Just another example of, of our heroes not being able to win a penalty shootout. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. And right as, uh, right as they enter the room, Rose is lost and he's there just a little bit too late. And Rose is blasted into atoms and Ro- uh, Jack freaks out as the doctor just stares in disbelief as the security come to arrest him. And he's he's just broken. I really liked the um, the clear the, the clear contrast between the two of them, and uh, I'm not here to say one is better than the other as far as your reaction to it. I, I can appreciate both of those. Screaming because the world no longer makes sense. Been there. Yeah. Um, completely frozen, rejecting the very thing you're seeing before your eyes and trying to comprehend what's just occurred. Been there. Um, I think we've seen in the doctor of this year this season as abridged as it may have been in our covering of it uh, mm. a man who's raging against what he's um been through about the idea of loss yeah. and his idea that he's 100 percent all in on making sure that nothing ever happens to rose and then we see that he fails in this and his idea to try and rationalize this in his head and rather than go big and shouty by actually going silent i think it speaks volumes yeah, especially because at this point, the Doctor's only sort of come to the realization he's the reason that for 100 years humanity suffered. And then oh, the only other human that he's vowed to protect then goes the same way. <laughs> it is interesting about going. It's that whole thing about, you know, one death is a tragedy. A million deaths is a, is a statistic because he is upset. Yeah. He's way more upset about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because he fears Jackie. And then he's being questioned, and he's just saying nothing. And uh, two seconds pass of this morning, and uh, the doctor says to Jack, let's do it. And the three of them break out immediately, and they're up on their way to the techies with the guns. And they come up, and the doctor wants answers to find out who killed Rose. And the doctor gives a gun to the techies. He was like, yeah, you do it. Shoot me. And we find out that uh, the, this is the controller's plan, and she was installed when she was five years old. And, we and then to, we go, and we have to find this out because the whole thing's been building towards solar flares. Yeah, and solar flares are coming. Solar flares are coming, and then while the solar flares are on, this disconnects her from whoever's observing her all the time. Yeah, and unfortunately, we get a pocket full of information, and then we find out the next solar flare is not for two years. Yeah. So uh, at the same point, Jack enters the, the out-of-bounds area that no one's allowed to, to be in because turns out, holds the TARDIS, and he sees something on the TARDIS computer that makes him go, what the hell? And that's uh, a little crumb again for later. And I, I was uh, thinking at this point, yeah. dude's gotten over Ro, uh, Rose Tyler really quickly. Yeah. There we go. I wa- also, because like, he, he sees that and it's like, cool, I feel that's somewhat important. And, uh, you know, uh, the techies then are saying, oh, no, we had to kill these people. It was our job to do that. And then, lo and behold, as they mention a solar flare, a solar flare begins, and the controller starts to say, doctor, where's the doctor? Uh, and sorry. she, I got ahead of myself. Yeah, she, that's right. She, uh, she informs us that her masters listen, but they can't hear her during a solar flare, and they control her thoughts, but they don't watch the game. So she, uh, she put the doctor and his friends in there to try and help her, and they speak of him, and they fear him. But, uh... And before she, uh, she can say who they are, the power comes back, and Jack says the uh, the Doctor needs to see something. 
I'd be really curious if anybody's out yeah. there, if you happen to be watching for what I'd love it for someone who's watching this for the first time as a result yeah. of, of the follow along. If this is you, I'm asking you to reach out because I really want to know this. When they're saying my master's fear of a doctor, I, I want to know, is it painfully obvious to you they're talking about the Daleks? Because I can't unknow this, but I would surely think that everybody should have clocked on who this was. I will say, I think everyone clocked on because they revealed it in the next time preview. Of well, the they, they do, but I mean, at yeah. this point, I mean, who are you probably looking at? I mean, you could talk about the Cybermen, but the ones who are really talked about who fear the Doctor, yeah. it almost always comes to the Daleks, which yeah. makes sense. Um, but I'm just curious, if there's anybody out there, is there anybody who didn't know this already? And if this was your first time watching through the series, was it painfully obvious to you? That's all I want to know. Because I think the doctor should have clued in a lot. Like his, Unless he's so certain that there's no Daleks left. In the, I guess that's what he's doing. There's no Daleks yeah. left. I've killed them all. Even though we ran into one in Utah, I've killed them all. Because <laughs> surely that's the only one that made it through. Oh, yeah. To yeah. Totally. Uh. And... Uh, when Jack says, oh, you need to see something, he disintegrates uh, Linda with a Y, but she reappears next to the Doctor, and we find out it's a transmat beam, which means Rose is still alive, and we cut to Rose with uh, having a, it can't be of a Dalek eye beam, and uh, then the controller tells the Doctor the coordinates to get Rose, and the Masters transmit her too, to kill her. And I, I don't know if I like the fact that we get the reveal of the eye stalk just yet. You have to have a reason to come back next week. Yeah. And so, um, is, is, is this, the, I, I to be honest, I don't remember if this is the exact, because I watched the two parts back to back, so I'm really going to have a hard time remembering where the episode break is. Is it here? Uh, no, it's in It's in a bit. We get uh, we see like loads of dialects in like two minutes. Okay. Yeah, so we have the this reveal that sh uh, she gets exterminated and killed, and it's really weird the way they're doing it. They're trying to have it as if like no one would ever guess it's the Daleks with the I beam and like the extermination ray, and then uh, we see that underneath these uh, the the transmat beams, there's another signal that's hiding the different signals. So here's my question: If I yeah. may, I'm gonna go back to the game show universe for a minute. All these people, because everyone on Big Brother believes you die. Yeah. So where are they being zapped to, and how has no one broken this to, to, to the world that they've just been moved somewhere else? Well, I feel that if someone gets transmitted, and then they're sent, because the, the whole thing is they're sent to the Dalek ship, and then they get harvested and turned into Daleks. So it's not like they can tell anyone. Are, so are the Daleks in charge of... Cause she, oh, she, the controller, so every, is the three of everybody who leaves is getting zapped aboard the the Dalek ship. That would make sense because yeah. now you've got a never ending, and you're yeah okay, fair enough. Yeah, that was the, they have because they're like, well, the Earth is destroyed. They're only watching TV, so we can harness this to so, make so, them so, play so, pigs to farm. So how is Jack able to override where Linda with a Y ends up? I have no idea. That's my only issue is going, it implies there's some level of control for the people on board or are the people on board aware of it. It's just a trans map beam. I think they know it's a trans map beam, but they don't know what to. All right. I, Interesting. It, it, it opens several questions, yep. but yeah. Uh, and we find out that underneath the signal, there's a, a fleet of Dalek ships, at least half a million Daleks. And then the Daleks get a little phone call from the doctor. And we find out the fleet is almost ready, and they've uh, they've got Rose hostage, and he needs to obey them or else she'll be killed. And the Doctor says no, because he's going to rescue her, save the Earth, and then wipe every Dalek out of the sky. 
And uh, as this happens, the invasion of Earth begins, and they're going to continue their Dalek stratagem. They shout exterminate, and the episode ends there. How do the Daleks know who Rose is? I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'd we'd say, you know, if they've been hiding there forever, they may have access to what occurred 100 years ago. They might da-da-da-da-da. That would probably be a good thing. That's fine. I mean, I don't think it's like a a deal-breaking kind of plot hole i'm just i was just yeah. curious um i think I mean, is, to, is it more impactful to end with the threat of one daleks is it more impactful to end with the threat of a half a million daleks i don't know uh, they're gonna invade earth but it's an earth that's forty thousand years in the future so do i really care i mean i don't know am i cold rose does rose seems to be really shaken by it it doesn't really bother me any if you tell me that forty thousand years from now the earth is okay great it's also an earth we never see in the next episode we just see we, a map we're not given any characters yeah. that we're supposed to feel you know any sort of it reminds me when we did wonder woman and they kept showing me this village i'm like am i really supposed to care you spent like 15 seconds in this village and then you torched it yeah. I, I don't care enough with the characters well, this didn't even do that this just showed me a smoggy a smoggy globescape if you will <laughs> so i think maybe the place to end it might might be oh you could i mean there's a few choices you could end this where rose is killed and you have that double reaction and that's your end point yeah that's probably a big one let the week go by without us knowing that she's alive especially with with what we think is a new companion being set up yeah interesting i think as well because the i think they want their big um reveal to be the daleks so my my only other suggestion for that would be you can still have rose have that but you just say the word exterminate after and does that and you go wait they said exterminate reveal the daleks are behind it the doctor's like everything's gone wrong this is my because you get the the fallout of the doctor realizing he's caused this the daleks have just done that they've been in control this whole time because of the doctor what's going to happen next yeah we get the reveal that it's a transmat beam yeah and then well, where she been whatever to cut there have rose wake up all of a sudden around then we go we get the eye scope shot and then you know you will obey obey and then you kind of have her looking scared as we get closer and then go to it i mean that can work uh yeah i I don't think i needed the million daleks i don't think that was as impact i think okay who do i care about do i care about rose tyler or do i care about the people on this unmanned earth i care about rose tyler that's the character i've been i've been trying to care about so her danger is the best place to actually take me off the air not the threat of a million half million daleks about to invade future earth so i would cut it there uh again maybe it's the second time where i've complained about a russell t davies episode about not knowing how to get out of the episode yeah because i wasn't a fan of how they got out episode one uh i'm not a fan of how they got oh it's just it's just difficult i'm going realize what you've built here we have the character of rose that's what i care about it's it's difficult because I think I, I looked into this and a lot of people just didn't really not care about this episode, but the reveal they have for this, obviously, in Broomtown there behind the next time is every thing is in sequential order. So you see the beginning of the episode, the middle and the end and the reveal of the Daleks to so go, OK, I know what's happening. I just want to go to the next step for the, the final, mm-hmm. which is really frustrating because any big reveal or tense thing goes immediately because, you know, okay, the Daleks behind this. There's no mystery here. I just want to get to my cake now. 
Yeah. Yeah, and if you're gonna if if, if the Dalek is gonna be the reveal, and the Dalek needs to be the reveal. And when you go with Dalek, and I'm gonna half of it just undercuts what you had. Because actually one Dalek, I hate to say one Dalek is a hell of a lot scarier than half a million Daleks. It's the he, alien to aliens uh conundrum. I haven't seen either of them. Uh, it's it's yeah. one that got brought up in a conversation I was having with Alex from Main Street Finance about Alien versus Aliens. Um, both of which I plan on getting to at some point in my life. Yeah. But it is the idea where, you know, one can... Uh, look at what Dalek Singular did in... Uh, in, in, in the episode Dalek, you know what I mean? Like that was a, yeah. now the idea, you know, half a million, I, I can't, it's like saying, imagine a million dollars, now imagine a trillion dollars. You know, the, the difference between them, although massive in number, actually would have very Still, little bearing on my yeah. life because a million would change my life for a, a trillion wouldn't do any that much more beyond a million, despite the fact yeah. it's a huge amount. So um, I guess that's, that sort of concept for me. I think it's an interesting, like I said, an interesting mid-season episode that had to get shoehorned. I'd be really curious if this was a mid-season episode that got repurposed for something like this. Possibly. It's it's really weird because it it's two different episode concepts, which I like. And I like the idea that this is essentially a follow-up to an episode we saw very early on. Yeah, and I think that's that's really cool to show like the effects that the Doctor has through time travel, and also the whole bad wolf sprinkling information yeah. throughout, and look how you've been manipulated to get to this point. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but um, I think this works a lot better as a mid-season episode. I think very little what happens in episode one matters at all in episode two. Yeah, as far as the plot that we're believing now, that, that could be the, the fabric. If you wanted, that could be the a commentary on the phoniness of reality television, of modern television, of how we spend our time. But then, if you're going to do that, you have to invest time in making that satire clearer, or if not yeah. clearer, have a comment that actually weighs up at the end of it, which this didn't. Um, yeah. That being said, I mean, I'm, we're both being kind of rough on it. I mean, IMDb gives it an 8.7. Now, I don't know if it's just because it's the part of a two-parter and, you know, it's the end of season one and therefore we give, you know, it's, it's like Austin's good goodbye and so we're a little bit yeah. kinder to it. Um, the audience appreciation score was 86, but the but the ratings were the lowest of a series at 6.81 million. And if I may, I'm going to go, if you're going to stick around for a series and everybody else is dropping off, theoretically, the lower the audience gets, if that's your diehard core audience, then surely your audience appreciation score should increase because yeah. the ones who aren't happy with it are leaving. That's telling. That's just That's just a thought. That's just a thought. Yeah. Either it's everybody off this ship, which it didn't turn out to be. So as long as it's about quality, you're just losing your your, your super casuals. That's all you're losing yeah. at this point. And you're yeah. going, where is this core audience? And it feels about 7 million. It feels like what it is. Yeah. Um, you know what? And the critics, I mean, uh, if I can touch them really quickly. Um, Digital Spies deck Hogan had a positive reaction. He praised Eccleston, the parodies, and both the of the of the robot. Oh, the, so the Susanna and the Trini robots. Uh, we should mention that Davina, what's her name from from Big Brother? That is her voice as well. Yeah, Davina so, McCool. So fair play to to, to, to that. Yeah. See, Ann Robinson did cross over and host The Weakest Link in the U.S. as well. Uh, yeah. Whereas Davina, we never saw anything from her. Uh, Adelaide Wilkins, sorry, that's not right. Alistair Wilkins of io9 praised the mad energy to the finale and Eccleston's emotion over losing Rose, which, yeah, I think we really liked as well. Mm. But he was critical of the pop culture references, feeling it would not age well. And I think there's a point there. Yeah. I yeah. think we're reaching a tipping point where if someone watched this for the first time, they would not as seamless. Because if in 2005 you turn this on, you know exactly what these things are. 
Yeah. I uh, think if you if it was if it was now, like it would be sedated in like time with like Love Island and oh, Chase what would and it, stuff like what that. What would it be now? That's really interesting. Gogglebox, they would be watching. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, sad news. Sad news. One of the hosts of Gogglebox died today. Or died yeah, this weekend. This is uh, the second one this week Second as well. one this week, yeah. yeah. And he, this one surprised me. He was only 61. And he's one of the, I hate to say, like you, you like most of them. That's the reason why they're picked. But I yeah. really like this guy. Yeah, he had I, a nice energy. He did. He There's a moment. I, I, uh, I wish I had his name on, on me right now. But um, actually, I'm going to take two seconds. And I'm actually going to look it up. Because uh, I don't want to eulogize someone and not get their name. Andy Michael. Andy Michael and I remember there was an episode where they were watching I'll remember this probably forever where they were watching um Billy Elliot mm. it was a scene from Billy Elliot comes on their little you know and Gogglebox is fake as the day as long as far as you know they don't actually watch the full movie and da 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 but obviously he had watched Billy Elliot before and it got to one of the big emotional moments and he broke down and says this happens every time you want and he starts crying and I think he could relate to the idea about a father and a son and a father who doesn't see value in what the son wants to do and then finally the father learns to embrace this sort of, you know, untraditional view of masculinity of what he mm-hmm. thought his father's relationship would be. And he cried and really, really cried. I found that to be a great, even in 2020, 2021, 2019, imagine it was like 2019 when I saw it, I still yeah. went like, this is remarkably uh, powerful to like, he's, he's bawling and to, and yeah. to allow yourself aware you're being filmed and allow yourself to feel those feelings and not put that guard up. Uh, absolutely um, kind of a moment that in all the fictitiousness that, you know, and hyper reality that Gogglebox can bring uh, very much a poignancy, which is kind of funny because if I can jump back now to, to the review by Alistair Wilkins, he said that he couldn't find a coherent satirical point in the inclusion of these pop culture references, which is really, wow. really interesting. Cause I think I kind of felt the same thing going, okay, you have these, why? And it just seemed to be, it's kind of oh, relatable and nothing. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, finally, I want to talk about uh, Charlie Jane Einders of io9, who said it was amongst the greatest cliffhangers of the program uh, and called the ninth doctor's best cliffhanger. I mean, to be fair, there wasn't much of it uh, and says uh, you'd be hard pressed to fault the climax. And I, I guess so. I just wish the climax had been a different point. The climax happens before the episode ends. That's my main issue. And yeah. my other main issue has got to be, stop showing me so much stuff on the next week on Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, and this is a problem with Doctor Who in general. Is, like, people complain there's too much shown in, like, movie trailers. Oh, my God. There's almost no point in watching the first 45 minutes of the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing with Doctor Who as well, because we, we covered, like, a while ago with the empty child that they were like, okay, we'll put it at the end of the credits. This is like, nah. No. Nah, 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 nah. Let's see the TARDIS explode against missiles. Oh. What's going to happen? It's like Ooh. they're so insecure, people are going to come back for the second part of it. Yeah. And that, that's probably above Russell T. Davies' pay grade. It's probably being called by BBC, who have a financial investment in the show, but I'm going, put it at the end, let people have the option to get out. As well, for the next week before this episode, and I, I remember this clear as day. I was still too scared to watch Doctor Who at this point, but clear as day, I still remember watching BBC, CBBC, at whatever time of the day, they'd be like, hey guys, Doctor Who's the Saturday, the TARDIS is going to explode, look at the dialogues, look at this, oh, isn't it so cool? Oh, Rose is saved, isn't that great? She's oh. the TARDIS. <laughs> and they revealed that before the episode, I'm like, what's the point? I know it's going to happen. 
Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Speaking of what's going to happen, should we jump on to the second part of this, the parting of the ways? Oh, certainly. I love talking about this. An episode that didn't get any press releases beforehand because they didn't want to spoil the regeneration. The (laughs) The one thing they didn't want to spoil. The rest of the episode you can have. Yeah, just the the final two seconds. Uh, And with that, we go to Rose is now captured at the the Dalek fleet on their ship, and they're ordering her to predict the Doctor's actions. And uh, the TARDIS has been detected, and they launch missiles at it, and the... This is the thing. They they hype this up so much for a week, and it's just the missiles hit a shield, and the TARDIS dematerializes into the ship. And I'll say, there was a really cool scene uh, shot where Jack and the Doctor are piloting the TARDIS, and the camera's moving around in a one shot showing each thing twisting and turning. I really enjoyed that, uh, even though it was very short lived. Uh, yeah, I'll say this. I mean, the Russell T. Davies era, um, I can't remember a lot of cinematography being all that ambitious. Uh, this yeah. might be the exception. So I guess props to it. Uh, my criticism would be a little bit more of it, please. Yeah, especially because the rest of this is very basic. Realize the camera is not just letting us see things. You can actually impart meaning through it. (laughs) So that's all. That's all. I mean, I just, I just, I, uh, don't be wrong. I don't want to be Kenneth Branagh where you're just going nuts with it. I don't want that. I, I want it to be purposeful. But see, this is the opposite of that problem. This is not having any ambition whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, if there was any fear that Rose might not be safe uh, in the uh, the next time, uh, the TARDIS rematerializes and uh, it transports Rose and a Dalek keeping her hostage inside the ship. Uh, Jack blows up the Dalek. They're safe. Jack and Rose hug and the Doctor rema- uh, examines the remains of the Dalek and it's real gross. Yeah, it's gross. It's um, green and slimy. And not like the one that we saw in Dalek either. I will say, I mean... <sighs> Uh, pet peeve doctor who pet peeve in storytelling in general is um tv episodes that manufacture a character is in extreme danger and we fix it within this is the loki thing where i said if they come back and and are off this rock in the first five minutes i'm gonna be upset and it's basically what happens here isn't it it's just five minutes later hey the gang's all together and safe hit the reset button all that drama we made you wait for a week we solved in the this is you know what this is this is go to your room yeah this is go to your room you built up to this moment of crisis and then within a couple of minutes fixed and christopher eccleston says something you know half charming half dorky and we're and we're and we're all good yeah it's it's the same when we get to the stolen earth uh wait we're like oh the doctor's regenerate oh it's in his hand now it's okay there was no threat wow Yeah. yeah Uh, and uh, after they have their little celebration, the Doctor wants answers, so he goes to meet the neighbors, and the Daleks try to exterminate them, but the force field is still active, so it stops them, and uh, we get our first hint that the Doctor's uh, feared because of the time war, and they call him the oncoming store. The storm. oncoming storm. Yeah, storm. He's not, he's not, not a like, Tesco. He's not a Tesco about to be built. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Building the Walmart. I do like the idea that if there's a corporate version of the Daleks, <laughs> I should have the Dalek, I mean, the doctor, but the idea of this sort of like evil thing that's coming to destroy, it's Tesco. Oh, uh, no, the brands. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, well, you've removed your emotions, but you still have that fear. And this one, the doctor wants his, his he finally gets his answer. He's like, so how do you, how do you survive the time? time war and we get the basiest most heaviest gained answer of 
They survived through me. Uh, it's the, see, it's not quite that emotive, but uh, yeah. But it is this like, how do we do it? We just make him. Re- he, he's the bassiest voice. That's all it is. Yeah. You're 100 right. We make him loud. And I will give them credit in the sense that I forgot who this was. And for I think yeah. it's just that like the first time I watched it, I was expecting Davros, and they're yeah. holding. They're, I'll give them so much credit for having the, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? For having the self-control. It's a better word than that, but yeah. I'll say self-control. For how, uh, I'll come on in a minute. But um, to not give us Davros in series one, to make yeah. us wait for that. And so we create this emperor of the Daleks. Yeah, who, the Dalek emperor. Who also manages himself as a religious figure as well. There's a little bit of confusion over the titles. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I, and then he's, I mean, he's the biggest one. All right, he's fair enough. He's a big boy. He's a big, big boy. boy. He looks intimidating, but he also looks stationary. <laughs> so yeah. there is that. But he's a, he's a massive Dalek in it, like embryo in a jaw with like three big pillars next to him. Yeah. He's just, he's just sort of a figurehead. And uh, we find out that the Emperor's ship survived the time war somehow and hurtled through space and time. And uh, we we start to get like a, a little bit of hi- not even hinting like just straight up the doctor's pissed because uh, they're telling the doctor to stop interrupting him and he's like if anyone's gonna shut up it's you to all the Daleks with like real rage and anger and uh, <laughs> I appreciate the f- the part where he said if there's one thing I know how to do it's talk and I'm like yeah that's like the one thing that would qualify me to be to, to be the doctor I think yeah yeah. And at this point, we find out the Daleks were they're in dark space, and they they slowly infiltrated <laughs> Earth. I like all that weird. I like all that light space. But how do we explain yeah. this away? We were in dark space. All right, well, I'd explain. They're, they're, in the, they're in that dark space. You know what that dark space uh, is like. Yeah. But you know what? Dark sounds foreboding. It's got that classical imagery. It explains somewhat, but it's enough. Why no yeah. one was able to detect them? Um, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and uh, they use this to uh, to use human contestants as the specimens to create more Daleks and the half-human Daleks. And as they say, the the Daleks like, no, don't blaspheme, don't blaspheme. This is awful, and uh, because everything that's human has been purged allegedly from the Daleks. Well, and this... if if they were, then why do the Daleks have a concept of blasphemy? And then we find out he's a god. This isn't the first time that uh, I believe in the classic series, the idea that humans are being used to create Daleks have been used in the uh, in the past. I thought I had a note yeah. on this, but I, 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 I can't seem to find it all of a sudden. So, yeah, um, I want uh, some sort. It's all the something of a Dalek. Some of it's the revelation yeah. of a Daleks or the, the, the origin of a, it's some sort of classic series. I think I've seen it on Netflix. Um, yeah. this classic one where we see, so I appreciate the idea, the, the idea of humans being repurposed as Daleks had been considered previously. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, uh, because they're like, oh, well they blaspheme because the emperor of the Daleks declares himself a God of all of them because he went insane from the silence and was driven mad by the idea of human, human flesh and the stink of humanity. Because they have self-hatred now, and that makes them even more deadly because they wanted to destroy the things that made them this way. Interesting, because we did see a example earlier of a Dalek who had been changed and yeah. had some sort of cha- and then had to, you know, self-destruct as a result. Um a little inconsistency unless you get the idea that they went nuts and you know there's one emperor who leads yeah. them and da 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 and he's gone off on a power trip. So I I guess, yeah. Yeah. 
Something like that. And uh, with all that information, he's got everything he needs, so the Doctor just leaves. And uh, it's at this point, there's this a nice moment that I do like, where the Doctor sort of holds his head in shame against the door as he's just hearing them shout exterminate and fire at the, the force field. And uh, we just go back to the techies then. It's sort of very still somber, and uh, the Earth suspended the game station's licenses because they stopped the program, so it means no one's going to listen to them or listen to the calls of warning. And uh, because of this and the amount of people that are on the game station, there aren't enough ships to evacuate everyone back to Earth. And again, I mean, this is an interesting commentary if they chose to go down that way, which unfortunately they don't, about what do we put value in? And apparently it is, you know, mindless entertainment and feel good sort of stuff over, you know, but we have a real warning here. We're not interested. Just give us the, uh, that that was a shame. It's like when people say, oh, why is the news always so negative now? Because the world, because we need to be be aware of it. There's nothing worse than popping onto one of these news websites. And I should be using finger quotes because I mean, even, you know, BB, even like trusted news sources at the BBC, which I do trust, uh, or like, you know, CTV news or, you know, big, we don't have the same problem America seems to have where I mean, the newspapers in this country are one thing, but I will give the television yeah. news it's due. It's generally relatively unbiased. But then you go on there and it's like, you know, um, celebrity gossip or, you know, what you, mom of five kicked out of Thomas Cook establishment for wearing inappropriate. I'm like, this isn't news. It's something, but it's not news. And so we're not free of that idea. I mean, the amount of things that appear on the news website, that's actually news is probably closer to 40 to 50%. And I wish we were a little bit better as a society about discerning what's what, but um, you know, this takes that to the extreme. Um, I, I would, I would love a return to this sort of a, a format or this sort of an idea and just spend the full two hours unpacking this as a, or, or the game show, but that sort of, you know, unpack it fully and make that the point of your episode, not just a setup for a Dalek confrontation. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the Daleks, they've begun their attack on Earth to create their paradise. And uh, back on the game station, the Doctors found a way to stop them, creating a Delta Wave, which is the most unfortunate age thing in this episode oh really can you oh delta yeah sorry i hadn't yeah. thought about the, the delta yeah. variant um interesting and this is where captain jack is handy because he makes a look on his face and captain jack goes you're not thinking i think i am a delta wave, a delta wave and we all go oh it's clearly gonna work because captain yeah, jack gives it the, the thumbs up i feel secure that whatever this is will work and off they scurry about with their with their new plan yeah, and, and the plan is they'll use this uh, solar flare delta wave type thing to uh, to against the satellite and it'll wipe everything out in, in its vicinity. But it takes three days to make when the Dalek fleet will arrive in 22 minutes. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, that's our sort of our countdown, our, our clock. And uh, the Daleks now are on their way to the game station because they need to find the Doctor and stop him. And uh, Jack's like, oh, i got a plan. We'll, we'll just essentially it is a human meat shield of everyone because they've got plastic bullets and he tells them it'll do something but you know we know it won't yeah he says he's got a great idea all you characters who we care least about you're gonna be on the first floor and then as we go up we're gonna have the characters we care more about on each consecutive (laughs) level until the doctor that we care the most about you're on 500 the ones that had a line of dialogue go with me. Yeah, and and, and the Daleks will have already figured this out because they're smart. I'm like, oh, all right, we're going to yada yada a lot of this away. <laughs> How will they know? They just will. Okay, great, because yeah. they're smart. Not really. Ha- it's not just a matter of pure intelligence, but all right, whatever. 
Yeah. Sure. Uh, so Linda's still there as well, and she wants to thank the Doctor for the adventure, and she'll do oh. her best to, uh, to save the day, and they have a... An awkward hug and handshake, and we pound on Rose, who looks a little bit jealous. Linda White gets shafted again. in this. Literally. Shafted. Yeah. But just gets such a raw deal in this episode. Yeah. If there's one thing the first episode did, to its credit, it made me care about Linda with a Y. And yeah. I don't care if her endpoint is what her endpoint is here. That's fine. They forgot she existed for large portions of this episode. Especially because it's isolation, too. Yeah, I needed more of her with the Doctor, more of her with Jack, more of her with characters I cared about. To Because yeah. the minute they put her off to the side, that thing about, oh, are you setting up a new... Comp-? That was gone because you didn't have her running around enough. What I need, and we'll get there eventually i know is i i need more like kylie minogue where she's yeah. like everywhere the doctor is she's there too especially when rose pipe rose piper rose tyler is off yeah. is off on earth doing her own thing how about two of mm. them be side by side and then at the last moment when, when the daleks are like on 499 have him put her somewhere else quickly yeah but but in the meantime, have someone for him to talk through all this stuff with. On that note, in the, the original script, the plan was the controller would be a bigger part of this episode. She oh. wouldn't be killed off in part one. But they decided instead, kill her off in part one and have him dialogue more with the emperor of Adaleks. And that's how mm. we'll get our exposition. Um, the exposition did, we'll just make him, you know, a complete megalomaniac and he'll be so high on himself, he'll reveal everything, which wasn't bad. I don't, I don't blame the exposition. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Because he is, he does think he's un, he's undefeatable. So what's the harm in in in, in bragging about your greatness? But uh, the controller as a character might have been really interesting, especially for the discount Tilda Swinton they had who played her. Yeah, I thought it was her for a second, and then I was proven so so wrong. It wasn't, but it's definitely channeled Tilda yeah. Swinton in kind of uh, the casting and the performance. Yeah. Uh, so then we go back to some some goodbyes. We have uh, Jack and Rose say their goodbyes with a little kiss, and then the uh, Jack and the Doctor have a little goodbye and a little kiss. And uh, oh, is that, is that here? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I love this. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was so in character for all of them. Um, John Barrowman makes a special effort. He said to kiss both actors in exactly the same way. Yeah. So that one's not like a friendship kiss and one like, no, like he's legitimately like love triangle. I, I think, you know, Captain Jack would be happy with either, either or both. So oh, yeah. you get the idea of this. And he said uh, on one take, he said, though, um, he started the kiss and they didn't stop until they both fell on the floor. So uh, <laughs> props to them all. And you know what? For 2005, pretty progressive, pretty progressive. It wasn't yeah. played for laughs. Uh, it, it's I, I, now the order of the kiss. I think is designed to have some humor behind it, to yeah. kiss the girl and then kiss the boy. I think there's two reactions. Number one to go, hey, yeah. Number two to have laughter, and those two aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Because I yeah. might laugh because I'm not expecting it, but it doesn't mean I'm mocking it. It just means yeah. oh, I see that coming. You go, Cat and Jack. For yeah. some people who might be of a different age might laugh to go what is he doing right yeah but at no point is it played as wrong or bad especially because captain also the fact that captain jackson what the 51st century yeah there's enough that people who go well maybe that's just the way things are in the 51st century everybody's bisexual or let's be <laughs> honest captain jack's pansexual I oh mean, without yeah, a doubt yeah <laughs> um so absolutely uh 
a nice moment a nice yeah. moment and i'm glad eccleston got to be on that part and it wasn't something yeah. that was there's a legacy there and the first uh same gender kiss on kiss kiss on kiss sure in <laughs> in, in 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 who history so a nice yeah. little moment and from there, Jack is now Captain Jack again because he's captain of the game station and is going to order everyone to fight the da- the Daleks. And uh, Roderick dismisses this and he's like, oh, no, the Daleks haven't existed for a for hundred years. And Jack says my favorite line of his from this episode of, well, if you hear us dying, then tell me the Daleks aren't real. And then he and his little army go ahead to uh, start to, to work against the Daleks. To be fair, they, they never hear the people above dying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> little bit a little bit of a misdirect there i like roderick's continued use in this episode i could yeah. have done without him going where's my money where's my money i'm a little maybe a little <laughs> bit too on the nose but i like the idea that you made me dislike him in episode one so he becomes the manifestation of everybody who won't fight yeah so by I, showcasing I like that, yeah. him you know a lot of other people die but i think we're supposed to sort of paint them with the same brush that we paint roderick so yeah yeah really good job really good job by this by this actor in this episode in this pair of episodes really liked it yeah uh, so from here, we have uh, Rose and the Doctor having a little discussion about uh, if they can just go back in time uh, and try and warn them, change everything to rework the timeline, but they can't. And it never even occurs to Rose until the Doctor says it to uh, maybe just leave. But uh, he says she's just too good for that. And at this point, the Delta Wave is now starting up, but the Doctor has an idea after what Rose says. And uh, they go to the TARDIS and he tells Rose to hold a button down and the Doctor needs to leave the TARDIS ever so quickly to, to power up the game station. And then the door shuts and he uses a sonic screwdriver to make the TARDIS travel back to 2006 London. And a hologram appears saying that if this has happened, then it means we're in fatal danger and I'm dead or about to die and you need to go home. And uh, at this point, we sort of this is our, our crux point of Rose is now stranded back in 2006 with the only uh, mission to just let the TARDIS die and stop it from falling into the wrong hands and to have a good life do that for him and then she's just back on her estate with mickey running to the tardis uh because he's heard it and she just holds mickey and cries mickey just spends his time just hanging around outside i guess in yeah. that sort of block radius did you recognize where the tardis shows up uh no i didn't it's the same street corner in the father's day episode oh that's so, cold especially well, especially though where they're going to go with this so i felt yeah. if they'd signposted this a little bit easier or a little bit better it may have made the link they make later in the episode a little more um significant yeah have her kind of look and have her go and you get a little moment of a flashback you could have had her verbalize this or could have gone it's here it's at the same place why is it the same all, all these sorts of sort of concepts could have been yeah um useful but um yeah, I mean, it's a nice moment when you go, oh, that's nice. I think it actually could have added something. So yeah. it's, it's a shame they didn't signpost that a little bit clearer. Yeah. And uh, from here, we've just got uh, Jack calling to Rose, but the doctor says that she's not coming back. And this is where they begin to discuss the, the Delta. The, the, yeah. This is where they begin to discuss the Delta wave. And uh, the Emperor also wants to pipe up and say that there's a, uh, a chance the, uh, the Delta wave can be complete, but there's no chance that only the Daleks will die. and It'll be the time war all over again because uh, the, the Earth is also in the vicinity of the Delta wave, which means the... Uh, all of Earth will perish along with the Daleks. Yeah, he can't He can't adjust the signal so only the Daleks will die. That's why he would need three yeah. days. So if they're yeah. going to Earth, how do you do it? Easy. You destroy the Earth, which is, I mean, he's done this once before in a sense. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. taken out his own people 
and the Daleks in one fell swoop to save the universe. And he he's he's arguing that he'll do it again because there are there are still humans out in the world in their different colonies that would survive after the Earth's death. Is this why we're not shown anything from from smoggy Earth? Is, is that I why? why? Is this so we don't judge the Doctor? If anything, I kind of like to be shown Earth more, so we have more of a conflict and more of a, a buildup. Yeah, like, let me resonate with the idea of his conflict. Let me see. Let me see a family of a couple of kids swinging on a swing set. Or let me see a yeah. kid who wants to go outside. Oh, he can't go outside. Let me see a kid who just wants to go outside staring at a swing set or something like that. Yeah. And, and you know, and the idea of, okay, killing the earth means killing this kid. But it also means, but the dog's going to kill the kid anyway. But let me have yeah. that sort of uh, trolley car, you know, sort of, um, oh, what's what I'm looking for here? Not paradox, but the trolley car decision anyway. That sort of yeah. that sort of moral imperative that the greater good is actually to kill everybody on this planet to save the universe. Yeah, and uh, from this point with the discussion, the Doctor wants to know how the Emperor made the bad wolf, and we find out that the Emperor didn't, and it wasn't part of his plan. And I like from here is they're trying to figure out who actually made the bad wolf. We just go straight to Rose, who's with Jackie and Mickey, a uh, chippy. And that uh, Jackie and Rose, uh, Jackie and Mickey, just discussing uh, the most mundane shit ever. I am right. Japan. I am right with Rose. Like your daughter has been away for God knows how long. <laughs> this is not when, like in, in, in the first episode, where Mickey finds out she's okay and wants to go down to to the pub and watch football. Two minutes later, <laughs> like you want to tell us some stories. Like I, surely she'd have stories for hours. You've been in space and time. Well, you can ask a new pizza place. You can ask questions. Oh, what do they serve? Oh, they serve pizza. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is rubbish. As they're eating chips. Like, this is just the most, like, people who live for the most mundane stuff. And I guess uh, this is supposed to show how Rose has grown, but I don't know. Rose, yeah. Rose always seemed better than this. So I don't yeah. know. And Rose is like, I can't deal with this. 200,000 years in the future, he's fighting and he's dying and he's oh. trying to save the whole planet. And and, and of course, Jackie goes back 200,000 years in the future. No, it's happening right now. This is my problem with time travel movies, <laughs> time travel TV shows, is the idea that what's happening in your timeline is running concurrently to what's happening in the future timeline. That's yeah. not how time works. You have all, all the time, time in the universe months. to get back yeah. to that spot. So she might be... The thing is, like, she could show up not right in the moment that's needed. She can show up literally five seconds after she's been sent away. Yeah. Because that's not part of, a, of the fixed spot anymore, the fixed timeline. It doesn't even violate the rules of Doctor Who. Yeah. Especially if you add in what's about to happen where she knows all the time and space anyway. It can probably violate all the rules at that point. Yeah. Um. This, the, uh, here, oh, here's the thing. I feel like I'm going to jump into Falcon and the Weekly Soldier here or something like that or Wanda Revision where I'm going to go like we pack a lot into the last 20 minutes of this episode that yeah. that you could have probably given some breathing room to in episode one. I don't know where you put the break. Maybe the problem is then the break. Maybe it's a three parter. Maybe it's a three parter. Yeah. A three-parter. So the part one can still be the reveal of the Daleks. Part two can be banishing Rose Tyler back to Earth. And this can be part three, and you've got some room to let these things breathe? Yeah, I mean, you could have it over... You Like, there is the, the countdown of the three days, and each episode is essentially could be a day. So then by I the time you get to that second, that final episode, you're like, oh, now everything really is... Then I wouldn't mind... Uh, you can almost cheekily, you know, people are thinking they're just watching like a mid-season thing about game shows. Yeah. And then you reveal, <laughs> we're in the end game now, suckers. 
Well, I, I, I'll say it's it's like it would be like Utopia because Utopia you think is a standalone episode, and then the reveal is it's the master. Yeah, have another two parter with, and I I still think that's so clever and fantastic. Yeah, it's, al- it's almost done like that, but your reveal in the next time spoils that. I think where your narrative beats need to be, you need. I think you need a three parter. Because I think yeah. I think Rose's disappearance, either her death, which is my preference, mm. or the reveal that she's on a Dalek ship, which I'll settle for. That needs yeah. to be the end of part one. And then part two, banish her and let us see her there. And don't show me what's happening next week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have that be part two. And then part three can be this end game kind of thing um, where, you know, now we start part three and the Daleks or the end of part two and the Daleks are starting to get the floor four, nine, five. And I've got, yeah. I know that's coming for a whole week. And then I have the payoff of what's going to happen as they climb up. I think, narratively that plays a lot better and it's a shame that for whatever reason they went two parts because it doesn't feel like the narrative beats that have to fit a 45 minute to an hour episode on the bbc it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like the story they tell hits the conventions of where you need to place those in 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 the episode structure they've committed to yeah i think i think rattle t definitely definitely learns from this and i'm gonna say series two as well because i think the finale of series two suffers that as well we'll get to that we'll get to that later but the they the later on they definitely heal that but from here on we have uh we have linda again i forgot about linda and uh jack's got a uh posted just seeing when the daleks arrive so she can tell them when the fleet's ready to arrive and luckily enough the fleet's arrived and uh at this point we've got so, a back and forth between uh mickey and rose trying to figure out how to open the tardis to to transport back and then all of the people on the game station trying to uh, defeat the Daleks, but it's it's not working. Is this where Rose tells, sort of announces there's nothing for her to stick around for? Yeah, she she runs off and she's like, well, I'm just going to live here and die sad. And then she sees Bad Wolf and she's like, never mind. I got a thing to do. I got to go back to the and TARDIS. And they're in the TARDIS. She's really going to do this. Yeah, but yeah. there's nothing from me here anyway. And he goes, oh. Yeah. And he looks all upset. And I'm going, okay, this, this might You have should been, know that by now. This might have been impactful. A, he should have known this by now. B, yeah. I didn't hate Mickey. Uh, but there's still, there, was, there was still a coldness in this that I, uh, makes... The, the, the worst part about this is it makes both characters unlikable. Yeah. Because I'm like, Rose, that's unkind. And there's yeah. a way to state this that's not... She should... Even if she triggers and goes look i didn't mean it like that i'll, I'll settle for that i'll settle for yeah. that 100 percent uh even but the idea that she's you can go show she's really she, she has one purpose like, i if, if a doctor's supposed to be rubbing off on her which 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 i think we're supposed to show that 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 that, that he has um you know the doctor would still have moments where he would have these quirky breaks and make sure he fixes this minor detail before he goes back to yeah. that and she never really does she never really does any sort of a reasonable apology for mickey whatsoever no, she she just sort of leaves, and they have a point where, uh, and this is what's about to happen, where they're like, uh, they completely dismiss everything that's just happened. Like, okay, cool, we got to open the TARDIS panel because we get our uh, our third <sighs> reference to another episode where they're like, okay, cool. In our last episode where you were there, you saw the TARDIS open. We'll use that. We'll do that. And uh, then we just go back to the Daleks who have now appeared on the game station. They've overridden every defense already. And the billets are doing nothing. And we have uh, some of the, the ground members just shouting, you lied to me, you lied to me as they die. It's it's very macabre. I kind of love it. What, everybody on the ground floor? I'm cool with yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. The, the big switch, why they're going down. And of course, you get, um, you get 
Oh, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, where's my Roderick? <laughs> Are you yeah. my money? You, 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 you yeah. get you get you get Roderick yeah. for that. So yeah, yeah. um. Uh, yeah, it was it was satisfying. And if if you're gonna kill off the characters, I kill them. If you're gonna kill off the characters I care about, there's a surprisingly difficult tongue twister. Um, then you know, start with the ones I don't. That's fine. Yeah. If you're gonna take away the ones I love, take away the ones I hate first. So it cushions the blow. Yeah. And uh, from here, we just this is the back and forth of Daleks killing more Rose and Mickey trying to use different cars and vehicles to open the winch, and uh, we have the android shooting Daleks at. This is really stupid, and I know it shouldn't bother me, but the android could have taken on like a good chunk of Daleks if she didn't keep saying, you are the weakest link, goodbye, and I get it's for the joke, yeah. but it's so stupid. Also, if there's 60 Big Brother houses, isn't there more than one android on this? Uh, shouldn't there be more than yeah. one weakest link? Yeah. Just a thought. Hmm. Uh, and as Linda's sort of saying that the Daleks are flying through the ventilation shafts, we also see that uh, everyone dies, Roderick dies, and Linda turns off because she can't hear the screams anymore and the daleks are also starting to weld through linda's room and uh, and just before this we got a little cross yeah. cut to our sort of mid-level executives who are professing yeah. their sort of love for each other <laughs> well, don't yeah don't expect they have one too, line don't expect they, too much because that's not happening yeah. <laughs> they have one line and then they die yeah um and as this happens linda then's like oh no turns around and my, one of my favorite parts of this episode i will say when um Wait, no, this doesn't happen for a little bit. Scratch that. Okay. So we go to we go to Rose and Jackie, uh, sort of arguing in the TARDIS. And it, it's difficult because I fully understand, but this is what we need to hit the beats of what's happened this episode, uh, this series. Yep. And Rose tells Jackie that she actually got to meet her dad. She got to meet Pete. And uh, she was the woman who was with Pete when he died. And that's how good the doctor is. We need some Jackie, closure on that yeah. storyline because we never addressed that after this. Yeah, Jackie storms off, doesn't want to leave it, and the fleet descend the Earth uh, 200,000 years later, and every continent is destroyed. And by destroyed, I mean they get warped ever so slightly in Photoshop. <laughs> it's it's weird. I kind of would have liked to see the, pl- the the continents actually go out. Yeah, I mean, especially considering, like, no point is the continent as they're going down on, like, a radar representation. It's obviously just a graphical yeah. image. So yeah. I don't know how that changes. At no point is it supposed to be, like, a permanent scan of the landscape. Yeah, um, and slightly like Europa and the Great Atlantic Collective. I'm like, all right, cool, fair enough. North America, I yeah. gotcha. Um, and as as this happens, Jackie immediately comes back with a recovery van because she's like, I need to honor Pete's memory because your dad would have done that, and that makes sense. And uh, they open up the TARDIS. Can I say how much I hate the fact that it's just brute force? Yeah. I would have been much cooler if the conversation took place between her and her mom. I guess you need a moment where Jackie tries to save the day and you see them yeah. both on side. I guess that's what this is about. I would have rather them had the conversation. You're right. Your dad would have. Have it, have it fail. Come back and go. Your dad would have. And it's the emotional moment that causes the the, the TARDIS yeah. to, to be complicit in, in, in this yeah. idea as opposed to you kind of just assaulted the TARDIS into, yeah. into submission. It's weird. Um, and they open it, and she she absorbs the heart of the TARDIS and disappears. And now we go back to Without Jack a and word. Team. Without a word yeah. to Mickey. <laughs> just, just gone. Just gone. Um, and uh, Jack and his team are now bombarded, and they all just start dying. It's not working. And they put a bullet through one of the eye stalks, and uh, the lovers couple celebrate and immediately die. Yep. 
Um, and then Linda has two dialects at her door that are about oh. to weld through, uh, but it's reinforced. It won't do anything, so she's safe. But she turns around to the window as three or four Daleks start to rise up in space, and you see the E's glow saying a silent exterminate, and then she That's dies. Clever. And I, I love that. It's so, so chilling. Linda deserves better. So Point much one. better. Linda deserved for the doctor to resonate her death more than he does. Yeah. Because he offers her, he's the one who sticks his hand out and says, come with me. If you want to, yeah. very similar, I guess, to the Rose Tyler kind of thing, you know, yeah, runs with him around. And then as soon as, you know, he's, it's like a guy who's using a girl to get the girl that he's really in, you know, the relationship's in yeah. trouble. So I'm going to use this girl to get you jealous enough so that we can find our mojo again. It was yeah. like this. And I'm just going, Linda deserved, I liked Linda, even if she was everything that was 2005 thrown up onto one person. I like Linda. Yeah. Deserved better. Uh, I would, if, if, if whoever the next doctor is ends up going back and we can somehow find a way to rescue Linda with a Y, please, please I, I, do. It was, it, it's a shame. Cause she was, she, I get the whole point. It was like the doctor really can't save anyone. And this is the final straw, but like it, it is a shame. Especially because if you want this to be impactful and I think it's supposed to be. Yeah, they just completely discard her in this episode. I, I, that's why I need to see more of her integration with her and the other characters I care about. Yeah, because at this point, by the time she's by herself in the room, and the Dalek shows up. I'm going, well, that's where she dies because there hasn't been enough in, in yeah. investment for me to think they're doing the switch. Yeah, yeah. And then um, as that happens, Linda dies and Jack then dies. A pretty noble death, death to be fair, because like, yeah, I expected this would happen he like opens his arms and just accepts he it. says i'm last man standing and earlier he said yeah. you know I, I think i preferred i wish i never met you life was a lot easier i would preferred being a coward yeah nice. and you get to see the full arc of captain jack harkness and i like it it's good i don't like exploitive deaths that are just meant for shock and this is the second time in two yeah. episodes they do one of these yeah we think you kill one of your favorite characters surprise <laughs> but we'll get to that yeah uh, so, yeah, the Doctor is being lulled into uh, a, a genocide of the planet by the Emperor Dalek, saying that you can, you come on, do it, kill them. And uh, the Doctor is trying to say that, uh, you know, I, it'd still kill you, but the Emperor refuses to accept it because he, he won't die. He's immortal. He's blinded by his, his own obsession and lies. And he wants to see the Doctor become him. And he, is he a coward or a killer? And the Doctor steps back and says that he's a coward this time. And maybe it is time that he's finally exterminated and killed. But before we could have any build-up tension for that, the TARDIS rematerializes, a gold glow emerges, and Rose X Machina shows up, and she's looked into the time vortex, and ex the Daleks goes to exterminate her, nothing happens, and she reveals that she's been the bad wolf the entire time oh. to send a message to lead herself here. Are you familiar with the concept of a deus ex machina? Yeah. Yeah so, yeah, so we create a problem that's whatever that someone comes in and all they can do is the, 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 the thing you use to write yourself out of a sort of an impossible dilemma. Yeah. And so we find it's maybe it's me. This is really underwhelming. I, yeah. I am the one who caused all the bad wolf. I am the bad wolf. I put this as a message to myself. I mean, A, you got a bootstrap paradox, which I can live with because she looked into a time vortex and yeah. whatever. We used unless we used the recovery vehicle to break into the TARDIS, which now allows me access to the time <laughs> vortex. Will we ever use this trick again? No. No. 
I forgot it can do this. Oh, this. I know it's supposed to be a big, like, wow. I, I think in the grand scheme of things, not overall, but as far as where you were maybe hoping this might go to, this sucks. Yeah. And uh, immediately Rose is like, we'll just, it, it's going to burn everything she wants to, to keep her doctor safe, protect him from the false god, and atomizes every Dalek in existence. And everything dies. And the time war is declared over. And as the fleet's destroyed, Rose says she's not done yet because she brings life. And Jack comes back to life to, <laughs> but, to go into a spin-off show. But only Jack! Linda yeah. with a Y deserves better! <laughs> I think she did that on purpose. Oh my word, I can bring life only- so Every Dalek can die, but only Jack gets to live. Yeah, that that's how- <gasps> To be fair, I- my little theory here is every Dalek death that happened is like uh, the live, the amount of lives that Jack has left. That's my only <sighs> headcanon I can bring to that, even though I know it's completely false. This sucks. This is this is them just writing themselves. And Doctor Who does this. And I've, 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 yeah. I've, I've come to my peace on the idea that they're going to create a situation that's impossible and they're going to yada, yada, yada their way out of it. it it's it's yeah. what the series does. It's part of the campy appeal. I'm okay with it. Uh, a series long finale, I have a little bit more of an issue with. Yeah, especially for what's... Like, I fully know why they do it because they need to explain why it looks regenerating. But at the same point... Uh, yeah, and we'll get uh, maybe we, we, do we have yeah. the capacity to power through to the end still? Uh, yeah, I okay. still can. Go go. And uh, from this point, the doctor's like, you know, you're seeing everything I see: space and time, all that is, all that was, all that can be, and it's killing Rose. So she needs a doctor, and it's time for another kiss. And he uses that. Yeah, to it was, it was the a very sexual. I think you need a doctor. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was weird. And he absorbs it, and you know, this is the. I think this. I, I, I don't think in classic Who you get like uh, doctors kissing companions romantically. No, not no. really. So I mean, there was um, you know there've been some sexual chemistry since episode one. We talked about them falling yeah. on the coffee table and all that stuff. So that was all right. I'm not sure what the age gap is, but it was all right. Um, and you know. Uh, you know, is it consensual? I don't. I don't think so because she's yeah, not herself. But he's yeah. curing her. It's a weird thing. It sort of serves two like all the fanboys and and fangirls yeah. out there, and their in their fan fiction. But then also it gives us this transmission. My, 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 well, my issue with this will come in a second. But yeah, so he absorbs yeah. all the time energy out of her. She's no longer bad wolf. She no longer is the time vortex in human form. And she passes out. He breathes the energy back into the TARDIS. And they go in the TARDIS. Jack's about to, to get there. He sees the dust, comes to his feet. And the TARDIS takes off right before he can join them. And this was done solely because uh, Russell T. Davis was like, Jack would take the regeneration in stride. And we we can't have that. Nor can we have him explaining. Or yeah. no, it seemed to be a thing for just Rose. And J I'm fine with that. He could have yeah. dropped Jack off somewhere, but we didn't. We, it would have been we, nice. We, we don't have time for that, unfortunately. We we nah. got, we got just a series of minutes left. Yeah, and then Rose comes too, and she can't remember anything that happened. Thankfully, I guess. And the doctors just said, "Yeah, I, I sang a song." And the Daleks went away. And as uh, Rose tries to figure out everything that's going on, uh, the Doctor's regeneration starts to begin. Uh, we see a little orange uh, on his on his hand, and he yep. starts to laugh. He's like, oh, I was going to take you to so many places, like the planet Barcelona, with, no, with dogs with no noses. And who knows? Maybe when I do, I'll have two heads or no head. You never know what you get with this process. And he's trying to tell her like about regeneration in the 
the worst way possible. It's the idea that if you're a classic viewer, you're going, I know what this yeah. is. But rather than just go, look, I'm going to die, but I won't die. I'm going to have a different looking yeah. face. So the person I am, who I am right now, though, is really going to miss you. But relax. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to fall down. I'm going to get up, whatever the situation is. But he just kind of just, he speaks around the issue rather than addresses yeah. it. He's like, cool. So uh, I'm dying. I absorbed this at the heart of the TARDIS, so no one can do that. So every cell in my body's uh, in my body's dying. Okay, let's talk about this, can we? Yeah. Rose Tyler has it in her body for far longer than the Doctor does. Yeah. Why is she okay? Magic. This is stupid. <laughs> this needed to be explained in a different way. Something with the Delta, something in the process had to affect him. Besides, because yeah. there's no reason why Rose Tyler is like totally okay, and yeah. he's not. He distributed the energy back. If some part still had to remain in him, if he couldn't get she all of it more. out, she just dis- she genocides yeah. an entire thing through yeah. space and time, and brings gives someone back, back to life. Yeah. Like, uh, there's no reason why Rose should be okay. I I really don't know, um, but no, it means he's dying and he's going to change and he won't see her again. Not like this though, as he said, he's really skirting around it. Yeah, it's really it's really really dumb. Like every Doctor onwards is like, yeah, I'm I'm going to regenerate, but I'll, be, I'll I'll still remember when I was like this. But I'm still me. Yeah. Um, and he go he wants to tell you know uh, you were fantastic, but so was he. And then he regenerates, turns into David Tennant, and he has new teeth. And he's like, where were we? Right. Barcelona. And that's where we end. Yeah. Is, is, is I it, thought this was Richard Hammond the first time I saw it. Did, did you? <laughs> did you yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish I, it'd be interesting for, for me. I, I had already gone through a few doctors, so I knew, yeah. I knew the order. So it is what it's, it's the most, I mean, you can tell the special effects are, are growing because this, this is the worst yeah. looking of the regenerations, but I'm okay with this. The interesting thing, uh, my little fact that I was going to say at the beginning of this uh, was because they didn't know if it was going to get uh, renewed or not for a second series, um, David Tennant was like, I don't know if I'm going to be the Doctor who is on screen for 13 seconds or not, and that will be like my, my infamy. Oh, I wonder if that's Tennant's sense of humor. I, I have no idea, because I was reading a couple, like, they, they didn't know yet. Because Eccleston's contract was originally supposed to be for several years. Yeah. So that would suggest several series. Yeah, because um, I, I think a large part of doing something like this is in is in starting up and building the capital and building the, the script around. I think there's a lot of initial outlay costs that unless it's not a, a yeah. giant disaster, you're okay. And this wasn't a giant disaster. I mean, the, the the percentage of the market share in the UK alone is staggering for a television program. Numbers we'll never yeah. see again. So yeah. So that was the parting of the ways, and I guess all of Echoes didn't zero already. I think that was a pretty quick one for us compared to everything else. Even with a glimpse behind the curtain, we've waited like three weeks between what we just said and this literal next sentence here. And it still feels like it's been quick. Uh, a four spot and we're done. Um, it's interesting because I know that when we do talk about what we're doing next week, um, I will feel that, I mean, as with anything, if you try to, to capture an entire series this quickly there's elements and characters and ele- and things you're going to miss and we did with one a couple that's going to happen here um it's yeah i i think i forgot how much i liked eccleson yeah yeah uh, we'll, we'll touch on that in the next episode but there's there is a charm i think to this first season this first series that like 
not as lacking as we continue, but it's definitely if it, it, it has that Doctor Who campiness. Oh, it, it, it's it's put, it's almost like it's been put together. It's like someone's like art project. It's been put together with you'd call it gaffer tape in this country, duct tape in yeah. North America. And it's like, we're just, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can. And, you know, sure enough, in the future seasons, we're going to roll out the money to sort of help uh, increase this. But this was done on effort and charm and nostalgia alone. And I think I gets pulled off really, really quite nicely. Um, one of those great delayed, I mean, minus the giant plot hole that is, how is Rose Tyler still alive? Um <laughs> Which, yeah, which, that which I really do have me. some issues with. After three weeks, that's still binging around my brain. Yeah, which which is saying son. Um, like overall with this with the two episodes, I think we even said like it is. It's such a totally jarring two parter, and you can see like between it what could have been a mid series episode combined with the finale. And I don't think it does disservice to Eccleston because I think for for the kind of story that's told, I think it cements it. And with a with a regeneration episode, you need to solidify all of those stories, round everything up. And I think it does that. Maybe not the the, the smoothest, but it 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 does it to I want to say a satisfying enough uh, extent. I'd be curious because obviously the game show episode, Bad Wolf, actually, we, yeah. strange that one's titled that um was was based around these existing franchises for reality tv and game shows i'm i'm wondering if they didn't think doctor who was going to be big enough and they felt they needed that as a pull to justify or or the big reveal that you're back on the same station i don't know i felt like you could have found a way there maybe it's a three-parter i don't know maybe it's a three-parter and the game shows the first part, but then we have a full two hours to to sort of the end game. I think I'd have been okay with that. Um, yeah. This just felt like it was a reveal for the sake of a reveal, but then they didn't leave themselves enough time to do what they had to do. Um, and, and I don't like a, a whole delayed the doctor. <laughs> when we get to another one, I'll, I'll love the fact that the doctor seems to have however long he wants before he regenerates. <laughs> um, so I'm speaking a little about both sides of my mouth. Um, it's, it's the most low key of all the regenerations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of just, it just happens. It just There's happens. no massive speech that, cause the regeneration's always like it. It's one of two things. It's either a goodbye to, uh, the actor and that doctor and also a goodbye to maybe the writer's team that changes. You had it with, um, Tennant, you have it with Capaldi. Yeah. Uh, you'll have it with uh, Whitaker when we get to that. The but. whole the whole showrunner leaves is alongside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was a weird one because this was uh, this this wasn't the showrunner saying goodbye. It was just writing one out and one in, and the rest of the universe really stays intact um, from nine to ten. So um, yeah, uh, Eccleston, you deserved better. You deserved a second series um, for whatever reason it was, and there've been many speculations about why that was but uh i as far as this episode i keep wanting to stray into how did eccleston do but there's some there's still some business we got to take care of with uh with the with the end of this episode so it pulled on all the right heartstrings and by leaving us with you know the fresh new doctor it's it's a way to build buzz that can then last months until we have the uh the relaunch if you will of mm. Of, of of doctor who and it, it it is a shock and like i think because it cements itself just on a cliffhanger of 
oh, this is it doesn't give us any time. It's just this is a new phase. Go from there. And I think as a as a cliffhanger, it does itself really well because it's this is what, like June, June, July, I think that this would probably air. Uh, this was airing. I have this up in my notes there somewhere. One moment here. June 18th. June 18th. So you have a whole a whole six and a bit months until you get that sort of resolution that keeps everyone talking and you can just slowly get through the advertising and promotion for, oh, look who this new person is. I think it does itself really well for that cliffhanger. And I don't think Doctor Who has done full season cliffhangers that well since by like maybe one or two. Yeah. Uh, but go ahead. I, I think it does its justice for sort of a a conclusion. I want to say this becomes tricky because I don't remember what we've talked about and what we haven't. Uh, so have fun yeah, with editing. This. Have fun with editing this. Uh, but Tennant's portion of Regeneration was filmed much later than Eccleston's, and Billy Piper wasn't around. So Tennant um, did his segment. Uh, I guess the, the whole Barcelona bit. Uh, with him like emoting to a piece of sticky tape that indicated Billy Piper's eyeline, and then they sort of used that as the way to to broadcast edit that into the final, the final version. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. It, it's I wouldn't even say it feels like they, they're in different studios, I, but then it's like it's one static shot. You can't really no guess from the no so it's interesting i mean if we, if we go to the critics i mean we've been talking a lot about deck hogan from digital spy throughout this mm. and he felt the climax the finale was a bit of an anti-climax with the bad wolf resolution being a letdown and the regeneration feeling a bit rushed and oh. lacking in the sort of emotional tension that has been one of the series hallmarks i think i agree with everything deck hogan has said oh yeah this. i think that was most of our not even criticisms but just like yeah I guess so cues from it. Good shout, Deck Hogan. I think you speak on behalf of the people because it's exactly my feelings on it. Yeah. Um, SFX gave the uh, series, sorry, gave the, the finale, pardon the ways to score a nine of the 10, calling the two parter Davies' finest work this season, especially praising the emotional moments, the kind of the opposite of Deck Hogan. However, mm -hmm. he felt that two aspects of pardon the ways let the story down the bad wolf resolution and the deus ex machina of Rose's transformation. Yeah, I'm 100% oh. on board yeah. with that that was we haven't really talked about how lazy this was as a how to, like doctor who gets away with some of the lazy deus ex machinas ever this is right up there as far as the worst i think out of everything that happens there's this and uh an episode that we're gonna cover uh, a while in the future which has probably the worst because they're both heralded as like amazing episodes okay which is always a shame because the some of the best like episodes that have drama and conflict have the worst resolution ever. Yeah, and I mean Doctor Who's famous for either two things that it kind of does frequently. One is because it's Christmas, and that seems to work a fair bit. <laughs> and the second one is, oh, I know it's a two-parter, but actually they kind of Ocean's Twelve it and go, oh, we actually fixed that like in the first episode of a two-parter. We're just letting you know now what he did. And those, yeah. the, the Capaldi's era is actually quite full of those, so much so that it turned me off for, for a couple of years. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's extravagant heist movie, Deus Ex Machina, stuff like, oh, you think that you did? Well, actually, behind the scenes, I did this and that. Yeah, now I'm going to show you now, but it totally doesn't justify any decisions I've made between that point and now, besides, haha, I wanted to fool you. So Fun. it's not, but I mean, you know, it's the TARDIS. Don't look into the TARDIS. It's gone right in. Okay, great. Are we ever going to deal with this again? No. Oh, so, yeah. 
Um, Alistair Williams of uh, IO9 praised the mad energy of a two-parter but felt the Dalek plan was convoluted and a whole bunch of seemingly important stuff is brushed aside in the rush to the doctor's big moral dilemma. Yeah. And uh, he also felt that, you know, because we had to deal with Elkiston's abrupt uh, departure, uh, there was a little thematic buildup because you really had to get to the part, which was business, which is you got to change the doctor out. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but despite this, he called it the best regeneration. I'm like, ah, Alistair Wilk- Wilkins, I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> Was that at the time or just like as of, everything so far? As of 2010. So I'm trying to figure out. I think that means Tenant still. Tenant would have Tenant's, left by then? Would he yeah. have left by then? Okay. Yeah, because he was uh, New Year's Day of 2010. <laughs> so, oh, God. There are, there are some better ones in the classics. I'll, I'll give it that. All right. Like, there we go. Mm. Yeah, so um, that is really, I mean, it got a 6.91 million viewership, which slightly beats uh, Bad Wolf 6.81, but that was the lowest of the series, so it's not going off on a high here, um, but the audience the audience appreciation, appreciation score went from 86 in the previous episode to 89, and I think this speaks to the theory I, I peddled last time, I do remember this, where I said, look, if the audience is dropping off, the ones who are left have to be your diehards. So you would expect the score would go up. Yeah. Yeah. So Which I mean, is, is good, but not yeah. great. Yeah, no, it is what it is. Yeah. I just, like, you got to look at it and go, let's not get too carried away with the 89 and go, we can't judge the 89 of this. We have whatever, you know, episode one with all its millions and millions more managed to pull off. So uh, mm. that's really kind of the... It's kind of an anticlimactic end of the Eccleston era review-wise, which kind of mirrors maybe the episode we just watched and reviewed. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. it It's a shame because I really like Eccleston. I guess this is a good way to sort of jump into the legacy and the era of Eccleston and yeah. what we think. But yeah, I think that's a good chap. But from like a perspective of a character that you really learn to like, it is a very... It's, it's a fizzle of a departure. There's no glory. There's just poof gone yeah yeah doctor who maybe much of the audience learns to love himself again a little bit yeah um and finds his own redemption somewhat i think you know i think eccleston it's, it's really interesting i mean i think eccleston was the was, was the big name that got doctor who back on the map and got all those initial eyeballs to watch it and there's something in that that we have to kind of go thank you um, beyond your performance, but just thank you for lending your career. Uh, Eccleston's still to this day, I think the biggest name pre-Doctor Who who was signed up to play Doctor Who. Yeah, maybe, maybe Capaldi, maybe oh, Whitaker, Cap- but Capaldi and Whitaker yeah. are famous in Britain. Eccleston ah, was yeah, famous yeah. globally. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like, not famous, famous, but noteworthy. Yeah. Like, he's doing, he did stuff, I think it's because Shallow Grave had done so well and things like that. Like, mm. he, he, he he did have some notoriety. But, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you Capaldi and Whitaker as, uh, as almosts, just, you know, 
yeah, the, the rest of the world ain't, ain't watching Broadchurch or what, what's the name of that one? The Thick of It? Is that what Capaldi yeah. was in? Yeah. Capaldi and... The rest of the world uh, ain't watching that. Yeah, Capaldi and Whittaker were like, oh, I know who that is compared to like Tennant and Smith being literal... Uh, literal unknowns, yeah. 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 Which, is, yeah. which isn't a terrible thing. But. So, I mean, Eccleston, I mean, he's a bit goofy, but so's the show. Like, he's, he's the product of his writing. Um, yeah. But he's also a product of some some good performance. Like when oh, he gets yeah. dark, it's it's some of the the most iconic stuff. Well, Stan, I mean, but the time we get to "Are You My Mummy," you know, um, mm. the empty child of the doctor dances. I mean, he's got it figured out. Yeah. Um, even by by Dalek, he's doing well. You know what I mean? By Dalek, he knows who he is. By by the empty child, the show knows what it is. It just takes a while to get there. Mm. But keep in Which mind, I like think- this poor guy is plagued with. We didn't talk about it, but like the the farting Slovene. Yeah, the Slovene, the the uh, the human skin trampoline. The, oh, jeez. The 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 human pig person. There's there's a lot. The mannequins. You know what I mean? The mannequins. Yeah. <laughs> it's. It's really strange. I, I think the best way I can surmise this whole series, all of series one, it's essentially like a, it is a a public um, audience test of what do people like, what don't people like, and then from se- series two onwards, we'll we'll we'll, we'll apply the the corrections to that. We'll go from here, and I think it's a shame because it's essentially just a, it is just a test at first to, to go from there, at least from the BBC's perspective. No, I really, I really like this like, idea. It's like, yeah. it's like the world's like largest scale focus group. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do you want your doctor who to be? And they, and, and, and they're told, and I'll tell you what, they're not impervious still. I mean, they're still trying to figure some stuff out when they get a tenant, but it's mm. not, it's not as bad. So, um, there's there's at least a, a bit of a vision there. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, Eccleston's also cursed with not a great supporting cast. I mean, Rose Tyler is Rose Tyler, you know. But you know me, I don't like Mickey. <laughs> uh, I don't like Jackie. Um, you know, Captain Jack popped in for a little bit, and uh, uh, but we haven't yet built that greater universe yet. So really, it's just yeah. it's just it's just a, a, a two person show for large parts of it and um i think a large part of who you like as the doctor is also that secondary group of characters they surround themselves with and um man this show would have been so much better if 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 i had liked mickey i'm not supposed the series to series like- one yeah the series one secondaries are so few and far between so and like one-dimensional quality. so one-dimensional yeah. And I, I want to say they get better in series two. I can't remember. I think I like them a bit more in series two. But even then, I think that's because the chemistry is already there. They find some, and, and, and they find some nuance. I mean, at some point, they have to be yeah. something more than just what they are. Yeah. And we have to show that they can grow too. Um, not by episode one. I'll say that much. There's still very much to type in episode one, but such is. But we're here to sort of put a bow on Eccleston. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... He's goofy. He's wearing a leather jacket and a white T-shirt. He's uh, he's fantastic by his own admission. Yeah. It's a shame if he wasn't followed by arguably the greatest doctor, and then followed by another contender for that title. We'd all remember him much, much more fondly. But he uh, he 
you know, or if you if you went, yeah, the other guys are more popular, but he was a real actor. You can't even say that with who follows him. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's Tom Baker and John Pertwee. And I think it's I don't know uh, six and seven syndrome of they're the doctors that get the show canceled, not because of them, but the writing in the series. So everyone's like, they they suck. They were bad. Yeah. It's it's just a product of everything that came before and essentially after, which is, it's a shame. It's going in for a job interview, and you go and you go, that guy's pretty good. And when the next guy like blows him out of the water, and you don't even remember the first guy. When actually you're like, <laughs> could we find something for both of them? But no, you don't. You just go, wow, yeah. how great was that guy? Because I know many people that are like, oh yeah, when I start Doctor Who, I just watch from from Tennant or I watch from Smith, and I'm like, you're missing, you're missing a lot, you're missing character. You gotta, I think is the best way, like the best way to do it. And I don't want to be one because it's like this thing we go. What was done with the first Doctor? How do you get to how do you get to the War Doctor? I mean, even when we do at at some point, I hope we do the uh, the anniversary. We we have have the three Doctors, but in order to understand that, you also have to understand ten, nine, nine. Sorry, you have to understand nine. Yeah. And his ending is like, oh, who does he turn into? I'll never know. Hey, look, it's a still, there's, there's a, there's a, a still image. With that, if you don't, <laughs> everybody, everybody else is slightly animated, but nine's a complete still image. All right, it's great. Yeah, uh, but with that, I think that's everything we possibly can talk about, other than like favorite moment or just episode. Oh, overall. that's a good point. Think, oh, that's yeah. a, we really should do that. Yeah. Um, of the ones that we saw, I'm oh. I want to say Dalek for plot reasons, but it's it's yeah. it's it's are you my mummy? I mean, it is. It's it's the Doctor's first really adult themed episode, I think. Where yeah. Yeah, yeah, where we actually go into the you know it's also classic. We go to you know wartime Britain. That's always great. We do ex- extend the secondary cast with Captain Jack, and we start developing that and giving the Doctor and Rose gets to do different things at you know at the same time. That's a yeah. plus. Uh, I think, and it gives us one of those iconic images and catch lines. Are you my mummy? You still say that here in the UK. If yeah. people are at least familiar with it, they, they know exactly what we're talking about if they're of the right age. They even reference it in the show itself. Like, Oh, it, it, it comes it, back it, several times. Yeah. So like with, I'm, I'm going to say the same, the same string of episodes because I, I, it's so iconic to me. It's quintessentially British and it's history. It's, it's just iconic with the villain, with the time period, with the characters, with the resolution. It's terrifying and heartfelt by the end. I think Dalek is great from a, from a performance point of view. I think Eccleston has some of his best monologues, some of his best character moments. Yep. But as an overall two-parter, it is, it is essentially like that hide behind the sofa Doctor Who that your parents always told you about when you were a kid. Yeah, so there's that. If I just a favorite moment, it might be, it might be Rose Tyler. We think for a moment gets destroyed on the set of, <laughs> because for a moment they had me. And what I wish they'd done is had the nerve to let me wait a week to find out she's alive. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I feel that it is. It is. It's really high state, especially with the tonal shift of the Doctor is so defeated immediately, and that's performance and music both just swell. And the same sort of argument would have been the other thing I would have liked to have nominated and would have won easily in a landslide, Mm. the reveal of a Dalek if you hadn't called the bloody episode Dalek. (laughs) Ah, brutal. I... It's really difficult. I think I'm going to go with a moment from from Rose because I don't want to have to keep saying the same part of Dalek. 
And it's it's the when he's holding Rose's hand and he's doing the monologue about uh, how everything's spinning. That's wow. Episode I, one. Yeah, I really like that. I think it, it just shows the character where he is, and I think from that point onwards, like with the arc he goes on, I think it's 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 perfect as an introduction. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, you know, it, it, it's a great speech. It really, really is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm assuming we get we get to be a little bit negative as well. Oh, without a doubt. Okay. I don't think we can go least favorite episode because, like, oh. it's not like there was a bad episode. If no, I did, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I, Epis- I go bad wolf. I'm going to go episode one. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because you have all the reintroductions and that's going to pull on nostalgia. But if you look at this from a, mm. as, a, as a story standpoint, lame. Uh, pizza. Pizza. Like, you've got plastic Mickey. You got plastic. I can't even hate that because it's my favorite thing. Pl- to be fair, Ethan and I were hanging out not long ago, and we did the whole pizza, pizza, pizza back and forth to each other. <laughs> but then you've also got the plastic hand that everyone's wrestling with. Yeah. Oh my! And Jackie's completely oblivious. And oh, it's a doctor, and I'm here in my nightgown. Oh, anything could happen. And, oh, and just oh, it was it was world building but it was poor so that's my least favorite episode um geez what would you choose oh you said bad wolf right yeah it just because of like it's nothing to do with the, the shows they choose but it's so all over the place and like we said it is it feels like a like a mid-series episode yeah. just chucked in and the way they reveal everything i'm not the the biggest fan of and i like i like having room to breathe and there wasn't much for it uh i like if i may i like when a reveal yeah. gives me a chance that maybe i could stumble upon it myself yeah and there's no way it was going to happen they're like you need to sit down because we have to explain this to you not well but we still have to explain this to you yeah so you go away going huh and you think after a minute you go wait does that does that make sense that doesn't really make sense does it no because it's that circular bootstrap paradox she left herself clues so that she could stumble upon it but then how did she leave herself the clues and the and now i've gone (laughs) (laughs) cross-eyed i'll 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 never understand that um but I'll go from a least favorite moment. I think I think I know what yours will be. Uh, oh, I'm I'm to I'm gonna say it's is it uh, how does Rose Tyler uh, not die? Okay, there's if if there's like a plot hole, it's how does Rose Tyler not die? Yeah. If there's a least favorite moment, oh, hang on, uh, give me give me give me a moment here. I'm not, I'm not gonna think because I want a top three. I've got two, so I definitely want to find a third that I can crap on as well. Uh, all right. I'll just do not number three is Jackie just hitting on a guy who might be her daughter's boyfriend. And it's like, come yeah. sleep with me while my daughter's in the next room. Number two is discount Donald Trump going, you know, I don't like the president. Get rid of him. You, you're fired. You're going to gun. Hey, Stacy, come up here. How does he know Stacy's name? He's not that guy. But hands down, my worst moment, and I hate to say this, my worst moment is still Rose running in slow motion to the TARDIS in episode one. And that's how we and that's how we get out of the episode. That is so crap. Ooh, I'm I'm gonna kick myself for saying this one because it is it's literally my in the episode that I said was my favorite, but it's the it's the resolution of uh of the of the two part, it's it's going from the to be continued into go to your room. It's so oh yeah, it's funny, but it's also really frustrating when you go from like 
binging it. If you don't like Doctor Who, it's this crap that gets that 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 yeah. sets you off. Like this is the kind of thing where I think is he the guy who said I think he was the guy who said that he asked his wife about yeah about what frustrates her about Doctor Who and she gave him all the and he got rid of all that stuff. I mean, so it was it was a really well it's, and it was the only thing he'd ever written. I think it's that one. Yeah, yeah. And oh, is that Dalek? That might be uh, Dalek. Dalek yeah. That is Dalek. Yeah. But anyway. The idea being that, like, this is one of those things that you like. What irks you about Doctor Who? It's these things where you have fake stakes, and then, like, within two seconds of the next episode, stakes fixed. Yeah, through something really lazy. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I, it feels bad being negative on like what was essentially like four, four to eight episodes, really. Yeah, but they, they were no six episodes, but like they were they have flaws but still it's getting its feet it, it, it's stumbling to figure out what it wants to be and it's not that's not a terrible thing yeah blame bbc and christopher eccleston for not figuring out how to do a second series that's not on us it's on them <laughs> they got a time machine go back and figure it out i would say he's getting he's definitely getting his uh i want to say redemption because now he's doing like the extra doctor who stuff and i i'd, I'd love to see him come back i, don't I was about to say will. there's yeah. life is long yeah. Life is long and people forgive and different people are in charge and all that sort of stuff. There has to be a universe <laughs> in which we can make us, we can have an opportunity for Christopher Eccleston to show up, even if it's for something like a cameo, like, like the curator. Yeah. Something like that. I want there to be a world where some sort of piece is made and he can show back up and we can just end on a good note. I, I'd like that. There's um, there's a Doctor Who live experience in London right now, which is canon to to the show. And if I remember correctly, he did at least like a couple voice lines for it, and then he's obviously doing the the audio dramas now. Okay. So and there's the, yeah, there's the I want to say it's the it's 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 the something anniversary. There's an anniversary for Doctor Who. Some I think it's for the oh god, I want to say the. Is it the BBC's hundredth anniversary? Or something? Oh yeah, the bicentennial. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. yeah. Centennial, I think it's centennial. The, the, the centennial. Yeah. I'm thinking of the Robin Williams film. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. For the for the centennial anniversary, they're doing a, a big thing. It's gonna be I, massive, and that would be nice. Yeah. yeah. If if he comes back, if Smith comes, if they, all, I'd I'd love that. It's got I'm be. definitely I'm grasping for straws and hoping, but there's yeah. There, there's, there's always hope if he's doing a couple audio stuff. Yeah, yeah. You'd hope so. I mean. Uh, Life's too short. Life's too short. Yeah, yeah I'm 100% on board with you there. Uh, but with life being short, I'm going to uh, immediately go to a life that definitely isn't short at all. Because we're going to have to go to our next episode for next time. And wow. that's a, an introduction of, of you, David Tennant. Because it's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas time. It's Christmas. In, in September. Yeah, yes, it is. So by well, the time this comes out. Maybe October. Yeah, it'll be October. Yeah. Halloween and Christmas. It would have been amazingly timed. It would have been so amazingly timed if it was. At the pace we're going. I mean, something's got to be close to Christmas by the time it hits. So we'll we'll figure it out. So, yeah. uh, Leaving Nicholson behind. And you almost feel bad because I really am looking forward. I'm I'm as guilty as like the job interview. I'm like, I like Elston, but man, this is the good stuff. We're about to to hit the golden age of who. We're, We're hitting like... If if we had like a starter, we just had like a really nice salad, but we're about to get steak and chips. Yeah. However, you know, I don't know if series two is 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 the cut of steak yet. 
Oh, no, no, no. But Three, four, I think, when we get to Buddy's, like, buddy's learning yeah. to cook. God bless him. Yeah. It's, he's, he's, it's, he's putting out stuff. You're like, this is good. Refine your craft, young man. You ask for you ask for, for rare. You ask for medium rare, but you get medium. It's yeah, not bad. Medium, but yeah. 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 A, a little too flashy at bits. It's like, okay, just, just let's get figured out what this really is. We don't need all these bells and whistles. Just, just let's just bring it down. It's the right cut of meat. That's all we need. Right cut yeah. of meat. I feel like I just objectified David Tennant. <laughs> With everything that I've been doing, they refer to the doctor as food at some point in series two, so you're, well, you're not go. going too far off. There we go. Uh, so with that, we're going to see you in two weeks for the Christmas Invasion with our first episode with David Tennant, which is uh, exciting. Very much so. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, if you've liked what we've done so far, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Twitter at Best Film Ever Pod. Uh, Facebook at Best Film Ever. Uh, follow us on the Apple iTunes account for Best Film Ever podcast, where we do Best Film Ever, Real Roundtable, See It or Skip It. I think we would have had at least Suicide Squad and also our, I want to say, Back to School episode as well. Back to School. Yeah. If the time this drops, Back to School is dropped. It has been out for a day. Go check it out. Go check out yesterday. Wow. What did the audience come up with for their top 10? And what did we come up with the BFE top 10 Back to School movies? Woo! So with that, we'll bid you adieu. Step back into the TARDIS for a a bit of an overhaul, a, a, a redo of everything. And uh, if you've if you've liked this so far and you've still been listening, I just want to say you've been fantastic. And you know what? So are we. We'll see you next time. Allons-y! Christmas morning in the UK was like you open your presents, you see your family, you have your turkey dinner. Then 7 p.m., everyone sits down, watches Doctor Who. Kids go off, parents watch EastEnders afterwards. He's really good in this episode. When he when he's there, yeah. when he's awake, I believe it's called a yeah. song for ten or something like that. Yeah, it's that you know that kind of. Oh, geez, my voice. The wave definitely would have caused people to fall off of the buildings and die. <laughs> There's no way that a blast that strong would have anyone like survive i would rather a third of the human race die than half of the human race become slaves yeah it's not really i don't really see the benefit in like in doing the slavery bit